Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Oh. Pursuing the RPG hobby. <laughs> that was my camera. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we need these. Why, hello. Hello. Welcome to Season 22, Episode 10 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm... I'm in the doghouse, I think, all of a sudden. <laughs> You're in the mush pot. All yep. of a sudden? A little bit. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> we were playing Duck, Duck, Goose. Always. Yes. Stork, hi. It's Duck, Duck, Stork. I'm your... St- <laughs> <laughs> that feels fine. That makes me a duck, I think. Yes. Abria. Hello. That's my duck voice. <laughs> That's what ducks sound like. I don't know. It was like vaguely Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a goose, then. Yeah. Oh, is it a goose? It is a Canadian goose. Canadian geese? Yeah. Shit. They may have ducks. They have ducks. I'm sure they have ducks. In- yeah, they all geese, no ducks. <laughs> no, they're not allowed. <laughs> uh, in this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, we will discuss repercussions of PC's past actions. Uh, Joe from the IE writes in about stakes in combat, and longtime mm, listener, so hungry, Kairaku, Kairaku, nailed it, Kairaku, got it in one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, sends a div- diverse mutterings in a very long email, possibly a record breaker. What? 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 Nice. And a tale of unintended consequences. Mm. There's only two emails because one of, the- and this is eleven pages. Oh my god! <laughs> this is like it is the did you read shows. it? It's pretty fun. It's, I read it. It's jib worthy. It's so good. When an email gets that long, I have to read it because it's like someone's going to slip in something horrible. Yeah, sometimes. Right. Well, and they took the time yes. to manually type the whole damn thing out, correct it, utter, and send it to us. And that he didn't correct. He didn't correct it. <laughs> English may not be his first language. That's true. Australian uh, might be his first language. It, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we're on all of the social medias as mm-hmm. Happy Jacks RPG. Except for the ones that we're not. If you Google and you Happy know Jacks... what to do with those. No, you, don't do that. Don't if you just that. Google Happy Jacks and, and, and you get past the Who song, we're the, we're the next one up there. That's us. That's, that's us. No, we're not the Who. We're the not the Who. So, yes. I've never... What are you talking about? Google Happy Jacks. I'm gonna do that right now. Yeah. I'm gonna I got porn one time. Did you? I did. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so who have a song called Happy Jacks? Oh. I got Happy. Uh, no, Jacks. Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Nice. So Top. we are number one. No, there wait, you go. wait. No, <laughs> Happy Jacks Pie and Burger. Mm. That's a restaurant. Oh, see, I got uh, in Bakersfield. Save on Happy Jacks at Walmart is what I got. Nope. I got. We're being carried at Walmart apparently. Yes, that is true. First thing that came was was us, and then the Happy Jack's bar. Happy Jack Animal Products. Oh my! Happy Jack's Restaurant Delivery. Animal Products. It's for animal husbandry. Don't think it's not. The Who aren't even on the first page. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. But on, we are at least on mine. Hooray! All right. Uh, so yeah, all the social media Happy Jack's stuff. Happy Jacks RPG. Yes. All, all one word. Uh, and if you'd like to watch the show live, you can watch us stream the show here at Twitch, not YouTube yet. But someday we'll be back on YouTube. YouTube sucks. It's not our fault. That's all we have it's to say. It's kind of my fault. I it's was not. there when shit went down. You were there. That's not the What same. did you say? I what did you say? No. <laughs> it happened no. because I said nothing. No, no. For those of you who haven't seen the, the post, um, we got flagged for spam on YouTube because of a, one of the er- errors when we were streaming. 
we we started streaming and had to restart a couple times because of some technical issues. And YouTube's algorithm flagged that as thinking we were spamming, which we weren't, but whatever. So we had we got put in the doghouse for like two months. And because the company that won't be evil doesn't actually have a customer support human beings. Yeah, yeah, they don't actually. Place, and yeah. there's not an actual human beings working there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it just sits there until mid September. Yeah, mid September our. Our flag should go away, so we should be out of the doghouse then. Hopefully, or it won't, and they'll just you know continue not. I'll just evil. continually manually post all the videos to YouTube every week. It'll be Thank fine. Thank you. No she's doing all this work. It's not like she's not busy and stuff. I know it's we summer. Have, it's we fun. have a game convention coming up yes. August thirty uh, first, mm-hmm. September first, second, and third at the LAX Hilton Hotel. Uh, Strategicon.net If you are interested in going or want to know more about it, are you going to go? I'm oh. gonna be on the honeymoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. What? I'm so sorry. Can't you honeymoon at the game con? I'm actually a little disappointed. What like, a oh, wonderful idea for a honeymoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your husband can stay in the hotel room the entire time, so and you go down a game. He loves oh. board games, actually. So. Oh, then he'd have fun, right? Yeah. Are you wearing a shirt for it? Yeah, this actually is a Orcon or shirt. Yes. yes. I love the. I love their shirts. I like They're always tie dyed because yeah. Eric loves tie dye shirts. Yes. Real good colors. This is a fabulous choice. Are you guys all going to be there? Yes. Uh, Without me? I'm not. I not at there. all? Not at all? I'm probably not. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be running a game. I don't know what that game is yet, but it'll be great. Typical Kimmy. And That's they're pretty. always amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, she's never wrong. <laughs> she's really an improv comic. Yeah. I mean, she just gets up there. She's like, she like the night before, she comes up with some stuff, and then shows up, and it's this amazing game, and everybody loves it, and then she's like, I don't even remember what just happened. Fact. It's astonishing. <laughs> she's so shoots from the hip now. It's so cool. Yeah, I have, don't have that hair. kind of confidence. Do you shoot from the hip, or do you prep like mad the night before? I've done both. Okay. So, depending, like, the, I'm getting better at, at shooting from the hip. Right. Um, but there are still some things that I, I like prep the night before. For Wild Talents, when I run that, that does take more prep the night before. Sure. Um, for like PBTA stuff, I do most, like even character creation stuff at the table now. So. Okay. It's exciting. It's, a, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Kimmy ran a demigods game at my bachelorette party. <laughs> yes, I did. That was, and we were running like a different game on the other side because I wanted to do a bunch you of You took it with all the new people who'd never yeah! played anything. Because <laughs> I was like, I trust you to take these baby birds to freedom. Yeah. And I don't want to play with them right now, so I'm going to go in the other yeah. room. But we all kept like pausing and like fucking meerkats just like listening. What, what, what amazing group. thing just happened over there? Yeah, yeah it was really cute. Yeah. Meerkats. <laughs> and all of my other friends, like they still come up and they're like, yeah, like a bunch of stuff happened. I'm like, shut up, I wasn't there, I don't care. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm jealous. Yeah. Listen to my buddy Kimmy guys- to one of my gaming parties. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys were in the other room playing Powered by the Apocalypse too. So it was oh yeah, Apocalypse things- World. Yeah, Apocalypse World, that's what it was. And it's like, you and Adam and Rob and uh, you remember Rob, right, Stu? Which Rob? <laughs> yeah, the short one with with who like oh, who hates hate schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's his brand. And Dave, like there's like this whole like yeah. happy jazz contingent in the other room. And at first I was just like. <laughs> okay, I'll play with the new people. Hi, new people. And, and, and you were in like the children's table. They like put you My in the other room. The children. Yeah. It's like so, so. Everyone else is at the at the big boys' table eating the turkey yeah. and everything. And you guys are over there like sitting in the Jeff little chairs. Miss, Miss Kimmy. Kimmy. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna play what's called an RPG. That well, stands for role playing game. For what it's worth, no. they were all from my D and D group. Yeah. That was, no, like, they the were. First yeah. game we ever played, <laughs> and it included my now husband. Yes. Who like walked in after so and was tired. telling me about his character. Which was a character I was gonna play in our demigods game, <laughs> but he was like giving it back to me like he had fucking thought, thought of it. it. I'm like, 
and, yeah, and yet, that's you, the capitalism <laughs> character and, I told you about. And you married him anyway. Yeah, I know, right? Because yeah, that could have been a deal breaker right there. <laughs> you only had a week to cancel at that point. So. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, ah, let's just do we it. We already paid for it. It was super fun. <laughs> and it, it was really cool playing with um, people who were so used to playing like D&D and kind of doing that freeform thing. And one of the girls had never played an, an RPG at all. And oh, she yeah. started getting really into it. She played the warrior. But it was really neat to see the people who... Like we're used to like kind of like the turn-based type thing and like really structure being like, okay, I have an idea, I'm gonna do it. And I, like, I have an idea. Do can, it. Can, <laughs> can I? Can I do it? Yeah. Yes, you absolutely can. What is it you want to do? I mean, really, it's I want to I want to aim for something. Yeah. <laughs> can I do that? Yes. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I only rolled two dice. This is amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that's so freeing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It was very fun. Tell me what you want to do, and I'll tell you what you have to do to do it. <gasps> yeah. That's it? It's very good. <laughs> That's so the I still rave about it. That's I just exciting. wanted to compliment That's good. I'm glad. DM, so. yeah. yeah. No, I'm probably going to be running, if, if Jason's okay with it, I haven't asked him, I probably should ask him before I say this, but I'm probably going to run Demigods yeah. at least once at the con, and okay. then maybe something else. We'll see. Again, shooting from the hip. She's making it up. Nice. Making it up. She's awesome. So yes. good. Can you do me a favor? Totally. Behind the paper towels is a bear. Can you hand yeah. me the bear? The bear. <laughs> the spear opener it's, bear. It's code. Behind the pepper towels is a bear. <laughs> the fat man box alone. Ah. The storm oh, rages at Tomes is in the chat room. Tomes! Um, yes, and he is watching the Gen Con Ennies, and he's very. Say he's, he regrets to inform us that there's no award for Happy Jack's RPG at the Ennies this year. No. I'm shocked. This yeah. is my shock surprise face. <laughs> We're kind of the redheaded we don't stepchild. Played in D. Well, I also didn't. Yet. I'm not, I'm, well, I'm n- we'll never again yeah. give them money so I can be nominated because yeah. that's how the process starts. Yeah, uh, we've, we've been around the submitted. How much money? Like I have like eleven dollars. <laughs> it's an honor just have, to pay to be nominated. <laughs> that would probably. <laughs> that doesn't give you the money. nomination. <laughs> that gets your stuff in front of the people who will determine who will be nominated. Oh my god, that would be amazing. We just like a GoFundMe for the Emmy. Yeah. For $9 or whatever <laughs> the cost so is. Good. <laughs> it's coming down the wire like. Oh, we should do that. I don't know what's I can see you standing up there. I would like to thank all the people that helped me get nominated. A but we have to do a rule where like you can't donate more than like whatever the minimum amount is, like a yeah, quarter. 50 cents. Yeah. It's probably a dollar. Uh, probably. That would I have nine people I would like to thank. <laughs> We just need to make it without like, their support. Without the internet handles, yeah. just like without Yasha fan four three two. Without your ninety cents, I could not have made it. <laughs> XXX big duck energy XX. Without your ten, twenty cents, I couldn't have made it. Thank you. No wait, we're almost done. I've got another six hundred thousand more to go. They start playing you off with the music. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Okay, now now we really now I never, want this. Yeah, well now we can never actually do it because it will never be as good as we've imagined it. Right, that's true. <laughs> right. Shush, phone. Mm-hmm. Why does this taste like a dark beer? I don't know. What is it? Fat tire. It's because it's malty. Did you leave it out for a while or something? So well, well I mean, it's not cold, cold. Anyway, sorry. We'll go on to the show now. Oh, right. right. The so show. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about repercussions. Okay. And this uh, this comes up specifically because in our last L5R game, spoilers, it's not up yet. So if you haven't watched it and, and you care about spoilers, <laughs> skip about 15 minutes. And, and, and I will screw up the setting, and I will still do, like, play around in that sandbox <laughs> that you won't appreciate. So you can at least anticipate that. <laughs> anyway... 
in the last game, mm-hmm. I presented you guys with a repercussion. Yes. Yes. Because of uh, choices, choices that were well, not necessarily bad choices, no. but choices that were made in the previous game. Right. Basically, what happened? The party gets a Kansen possessed sort of Kansen is an evil Japanese spirit. Um, Which is really great because I was in trigonometry and there was consons and cosins and yeah, cosins. That's a good joke. No, not really. No. Thank you. For, there are no cons. thank you for Tansons, cosines, sines, and tangents. Tangents. That's it. That's what this is right now. Yes. yes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, the party got the sword and they were supposed to bring the sword back to mm-hmm. uh, their daimyo, mm-hmm. uh, and there were um, they didn't know this, but there were kuni witch hunters there. Waiting for it. Yeah. Instead, the party, well, the, the party to escape had to take a very circuitous route. Mm-hmm. And Dave's character said, "Hey, there's this just just in Lionlands, not far from here. There's a there's a temple. We can take it there. They can probably handle it there. So you take it there. <clears throat> and I thought in my head, I thought that's probably going to do something because th- these aren't like." Cooney witch hunters. Right. These aren't people that are trained in dealing with the Shadowland. Right. So <clears throat> it happened. Your character, Stork's original character, made a sacrifice so that the sword was ensured that the sword would be melted and destroyed. And spoilers. But well, yeah, I, I said, said that already. Yeah. So the the party goes back. They go on another mission. They come back from that mission. Now they're going to be sent somewhere else, and they're going to be passing by the same. Temple. Right. This is ground zero, right there, where that first sword was right. ostensibly destroyed with mm-hmm. the sacrifice of right. Masashi. Uh, not Masashi. Uh, Wakazashi. No, Kazuki. <laughs> Kazuki. Kazuki. Uh, so. And which I need a comb. Anyway, um, <laughs> the they get they go past it, and they'd been having some sort of prophetic dreams mm-hmm. uh, involving. One of the characters, I think Jim's character, had a dream about this place, and he as a player didn't even know anything about that story, right. which is why I gave him that. GMs, that take note. And, and for a second here, you decided that you wanted to give us all dreams. This is not anything that we have as a subtractor or whatever. You decided, I'm going to give the players dreams. Yes. So I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh-huh. It's just maybe just a tick in the conversation, but why is it you decided to give us all dreams? I, a, I wanted to convey some information, mm-hmm. and I thought that was the easiest way to do it, uh, and 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 not be, and, and because of the fact that samurai are supposed to be fairly stoic people, um, that there might be some reluctance in uh, sharing your in dreams. sharing yeah. these these disturbing things. absolutely, and. Uh, but I also did it because I wanted to convey some information. If you had all of it, if you had all of it out on the table, you'd go, "Oh, this is what's going on." But I knew that wouldn't happen, right? <laughs> because right. there's going to be people that are going to hold stuff back, right? So um, that's and, and that's really interesting as a GM. Now, this is something that could be overused, but you you've done it a couple of times, but only like once per game, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe if, twice, if if that. And right. I thought it was a really cool tool. Because it brought the party together in places. It also, uh, we all know that there's other information that other people know, but now we don't know. So it really upped the stakes and really made for a much more interesting playground than than not having that. Mm-hmm. All you had to do is send a couple of texts to a couple of people, and all of a sudden you've elevated the game into a really interesting area. And 
a lot of things happen because of those. Right. And it's a simple trick, but a really powerful one, which you need to be careful to use, but also you were able to convey your plot and move your plot forward very quickly. Right. I thought. Yes. Well, that was also trying to kind of accelerate things a little bit. But one of the reasons I I made the decision, because I was sort of hemming and hawing about whether or not to make this detour you guys took to destroy the sword here rather than take it where you're supposed to take it. Yeah. I was kind of hemming and hawing about whether or not I was going to make make you guys deal with that repercussion. Yeah. Because there was a, a PC sacrifice involved in it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made me think, no, I'll just I'll let it lie where it is. But then I had a good sort of plot device if I kept that in because yeah. one of the dreams someone had was that a, a uh, Oni, which is a Japanese demon got summoned and was hunting the people who were looking for the swords. Mm-hmm. So you know that there's something out there looking for you, and that that place gave me a basically a confluence of plot store of plot arcs. This thing is looking for you. It also might want to free the, the 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 creature inside the sword that is buried underneath this temple. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it turns out that the creature wasn't destroyed; it's just buried, yeah. which yeah. we didn't know. Well, one of the uh, Jim, one someone had a dream. I did. You had the dream of dream. that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, and that also provided you guys a a chance to we finally have a combat, but <laughs> we also you would be able to kind of get a glimpse of what you're up against right. as far as the Onis are concerned. Right. And also see that there was a repercussion of what happened. And I was kind of worried about whether I was being too much of a hard ass about that. I really love the foreshadowing. I love the tension you built because uh, you had a, you had the this Oni come around and circle. You had you had you had you had foreshadowed it. We the players sort of worked it out. I think Dave was like well if there's an Oni in the bottom of this thing shouting out, won't the other Oni come to find it? And we're all like, uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jim said that. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. That. Uh, and th- anyway, everything snowballed from there, and how much of that you planned, I don't know, but it was a real, because it did ratchet up the tension, and we had to have a discussion, mm-hmm. and then it, we ended up going, and we ended up making certain concessions, but it was a, um, it was a definite, you foreshadowed it, but it didn't ruin it. What it made us do was was go, oh shit, this is much more serious than we thought. And I think sometimes as a GM, you just want to pounce on your players and surprise them. But by foreshadowing and by letting us know what we're up against, right. I think it made it even scarier and probably even harder than you would have had if we just you know surprised us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. we ended up discussing amongst ourselves and maybe handic- hobbled ourselves or handicapped ourselves. Right, but e- even though it wasn't a surprise, like he made us backtrack in our yes. overall storyline. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, so, it hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. It's happening now. Right, we're in the we're in the midst of it. <coughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't and that's boring. That's a boring thing. Usually, depends. Like I, I mean, there's a lot of times. Actually, someone I don't know who it was on Twitter actually was having this conversation with a couple of us about, you know, how do you. Um, how do you feel about backtracking? And their their specific uh, was in a dungeon. A, was a maybe. dungeon like if you have a key in a chest and they need that key later on, like is it an asshole move to make them go all the way back through the dungeon mm. rooms they've already cleared to go get the key if they even remember that it's there right. to get through that door? Um, so I think there's I think there's a, a, a big difference between those two scenarios because yes, I am on the camp. If you make your 
players go all the way back through all those doors to find that one key that's sort of an asshole movie. Well, it also ha- depends how cleared te- all the rooms. Yeah. It also, yeah, it depends how tedious that backtracking is. Yeah. 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 If it's literally saying, okay, I'm going to go back to room one and I'm going to go open the chest and take the key. Okay. That's not a big deal. And yeah. then you come back. It takes you yeah. 25 minutes. Right. Right. But if they if they even know that's what they missed, right. like that's when it's a, it's like, well, there's something you missed. Yeah. Figure I, it out. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I'm smarter than you are. <laughs> but I do occasionally like backtracking when there's been enough of like a power creep across the party yeah. that you go back through and it just feels incredible and you're like, look at all these things that we didn't have enough like stuff to throw at. And I'm oh, just going like, to right. fireball my way through. Yeah. Fuck it. That's <laughs> like three minutes. It's one, so much, one wizard, so much more satisfying. Yeah. It, it is. You like to go revisit it. We do this on online sometimes. Like You go to a wild thing that like you kicked your ass the first time you yeah. did it and you come back later and go... This is baby stuff. It's so yeah. and it's so fucking so, so, so right. satisfying. <laughs> I used to play EverQuest, and when you were running through uh, uh, Karana, there was this dark elf that would come out and just kill you. Yeah. If you if you took the wrong road or you're too close, if you get near Zagra's zone, he'd come out and kill you. And I took great joy at higher levels every time I ran through there just to kill that fucker. Yeah. Because because he killed me so many. Fuck <laughs> that guy. And that brownie. The brownie. Fuck yeah. the brownie. I every time I, I walked never, in, I went, he killed me three or four times before I even saw him. Right. Because he would, he would lightning <laughs> bolt you to death. Yeah. It was terrible. So yes, I get that feeling and it's so satisfying petty perhaps yeah. but petty vindictive good. yes <laughs> but oh i like i like though that and i think the biggest difference for me with your scenario is it was based on our choices yes so it wasn't like there was like a trick like there's a key hidden in that one shoe box in the corner of yeah. room 2 that right. the one thing you guys didn't, didn't get it yeah. uh-huh. it was like we had that choice in the beginning like our our Damio was gave us very specific instructions to bring yes. the sword back. We chose not to do that, you know, for good, very good reasons. I think it was a wise decision. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, there should definitely be repercussions for character choices. I think. Right. And that's what that was. And it wasn't like I feel I probably would have felt a little more a little different about it if it hadn't been like on our way. Like we were already on our way to Lionlands anyway. Right. Which kind of was. Like we were getting the visions because we were like heading towards that area. It's kind of at least my interpretation. Maybe that was just for shit. But um, so the fact that it wasn't like a bunch of time. Like it's not like we had to stop what we're doing, backtrack, and go a whole different place nope. in the world. It was literally on the way. Yeah, it was yeah. literally mm-hmm. on the way. It took us a few extra days because we wanted to be super careful about it. But we also could could have made different decisions there too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was. A convenient way to have us backtrack, which made it right. less annoying. I don't, and I don't even mind backtracking because I thought you made it dramatic enough and yeah. interesting well, enough. Well, the, the backtracking really, literally, hasn't happened yet. Right, yeah. that's going to get hand waved at the beginning of the next session. Mm. And that's and okay, so that's an important point too. There, right there, which is let's not make it tedious for the players. I mean, we've already done this. It's all good. We all know what's going on. So. Except, did you well, just? I'm sorry. Did you just say let's not make it titty for the players? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. what it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I say that? Tedious. 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 Oh, tedious. tedious. Okay. Tedious. Yes. He said it like a Canadian. He's still in the duck. Do they say that word differently? Mm. <laughs> that was his duck voice. It sounds Canadian. Yeah, it's <laughs> vaguely Canadian. It's how ducks talk about either boring things or titties. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You <laughs> forgot what you were going to say. All yeah. I, 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 you said titties, and I've completely lost <laughs> my train of thought. Because everybody loves titties. They are amazing. They're awesome. Everybody. Everybody mm. loves them. Yeah. I don't um, have them. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, not helping. <laughs> not helping. I thought I had something interesting to say. I you were talking don't. about no, uh, it's the hand right. waving. No, no you yeah. did. I spoiled it. Well, and, well, and finding a way to not make it boring for the players. It's not like 
You that know, was you're, it. You're not going to spend a bunch of time at the table, like making him go back through every room, searching every room. Roll yeah. for perception in this room. Oh, yeah. nothing. You rolled well, badly. Maybe something's in this room. Maybe it's not. You're going to have to try again. Somebody else try and roll it. And I was going to say, I thought you uh, you brought back a previous episode and, and harkened back to it just enough. I thought you foreshadowed with a you know and, and give us a couple of clues with, with the dreams and also just giving us some time. It's like we're still a day away. There's time to talk about it, right. and you let that simmer. Mm-hmm. You didn't say anything. You sat back and watched, and we and we talked because my character didn't know what happened. Jim's character doesn't know what happened. So there was this like, so why why are you guys all stressed out? What's going on? And then there was there was information that passed back and forth, and it got really interesting. It sort of simmered, and then I think we we amped the tension up amongst ourselves about oh, yeah. what it is we're going to do, how we're going to solve, how we're going to deal with this, and it got it got really interesting. Because you just dropped that little kernel, like yeah. you know, you're gonna have to go buy here again now, aren't you? That mm. ground zero for yeah. bad mojo, and, right. and we're all like, uh, uh, and we, you know, we're on, we're enemies. That was, I think, a really nice GM thing. You were able to just lay that out. Here's a, here's a little moment, and and in many great stories, in many great story, uh, fantasy stories I read, they, that happens all the time. Characters go away, and then they come back and pass by the house that their parents died in, or that he escaped from, and and then there's a, stuff that happens from that. You ju- you did that in the game. You don't often get that opportunity as a GM as well. Yeah, it's right. a neat tool to have in your tool chest, and sometimes you force it in. But it's how cool is it to just have us like, yeah, you know what? You're on the way. Bing. Mm-hmm. This right. is going to happen. Right. Well, and it gave me the opportunity to be incredibly badass, which I always appreciate. Right. Hey. And yeah. and it take an enormous amount of damage. Yeah. No, I was like pretty much like the wall <gasps> to myself. Dead. Oh yeah. But I just like so boom. <laughs> all right, I'm fine. Boom. Okay, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm fine. Boom. So, but uh, and I also got to remember how to do combat in forty because I didn't remember shit. I thought I totally would remember. Didn't remember. It. No, 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 no. I was like math. What? I, we never I, really I, had that many combats in right. the previous games that we right. played. Right. Well, and I was a shugenja in the first one, so it was more like stances. I ne- stance. Yeah, never I never had, had to really worry about damage. I think I got hit once in that yeah, entire right. first campaign ever. And That's this bonkers. time, I'm literally like the tank. I'm like, okay, yeah. everything yes. is fine. I'm the crabby punching bag. <laughs> it's fine. I'm bleeding. It's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it took so much fucking and, and that's something as a GM when you're running a campaign, even a short campaign, is if you can harken back to that stuff that's earlier yeah. and have them revisited, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. I, I don't think that GMs get that opportunity very often. Uh... And I would be I would be careful about creating them, but they're a wonderful moment when they happen organically, like you like you managed to make it work. Right. It's it's it was neat. It's going to be neat. I think it's also important because there's uh, like there, it has to have a, a, a real reason for it. Yes. And with these swords, there is a real reason because you have set the precedent up that they can only be taken care of and destroyed in a certain way. Right. And. That first time we broke those rules, we didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. And so, if you had just kind of been like, "Oh no, it's fine," like that opens the rest of it to interpretation as well. So we're then going to try a bunch, like our characters are going to try a bunch of different ways to destroy the swords, maybe, and some of them might not be successful. So I think it was also like an important repercussion for us to deal with that these have to be taken care of a certain way. Right. If and- Elric <laughs> ever tried to destroy Stormbringer, can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine, or or more was it Mornblade, Morn Mornglum, the his his cousin who had the other blade. The the they were brothers. They're demon brothers that are now basically blades. Mm-hmm. Right. A similar scenario would happen, which is you might be able to store the blade, but that guy's now pissed. He doesn't have a home anymore. You're like genie, you've getting rid of the lamp, and now he's like, I'm so living in a lump of coal, and I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> 
didn't get rid of me. You just destroyed my house. Right. And now, mm-hmm. now I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Before I was annoyed. <laughs> but if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna have the players spend because we spent a lot of the session on that. Oh yeah. You're gonna have that time you know devoted to it in like actual real world playtime. Like make sure it's worth it. Like there has to be. Like not just to make it more difficult, but also there has to be a lore or a, a meaningful reason why the players are doing that right. and spending that time. Well, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I thought that was a good point for the confluence of that of that those two arcs. Mm-hmm. A, the repercussion of not doing what you're told, and B, the fact that there's a that there's a oni out looking for you, mm-hmm. and it happens to it makes sense that it would show up there to try to dig its brother up yeah and then you know kick the shit out of you guys while it happened to be there yeah so so there were there was a couple plot reasons to have it happen mm-hmm. so I was okay I was I was okay with it yeah um, the only part and we're gonna hand wave it anyway except th- there's a little bit of information who, who, I don't remember who went back uh, Stork's character Stork's though. character okay Stork's character is gonna have some information when he comes back yeah um, so there, there there is even with that backtracking there's a little bit of a plot advancement yeah so, well, I feel like there's a lot. Of, I, I think that's an important point too. There has to be plot advancement with the repercussions right. and the backtracking. Yeah, it can't just be the vindictive DM. I was I was that guy when I was 15. Yeah, it, it can't just be because it's fun to antagonize your players. It oh, actually you guys has to made move a mistake. You're going to have to live with your mistake. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And right. there's a lot of GMs that still do that. True. Sure. Yeah, I mean, at this point now, I mean, just I know we're harping on this particular example, but this is kind of what right. inspired the conversation. But we now have faced one of the Oni, so we kind of have a better idea of their power set. We've at least temporarily defeated it, so it's going to take a little while for it to manifest right. again. We know that the, you know the other sword is still posing a threat, so it can be taken care of properly without it like biting us in the butt. Um, and you know whatever information he comes back with, and you did this all in one elegant little session. Yeah. Right. So, so though we backtracked, though it felt like, um, and our characters probably are feeling some frustration, like we should have just done it right the first time. Well, just the two of you. Well, the two of us. Um, you know, there's also like a lot of progression, and and as a player, I was not frustrated at all. By okay. It because all that cool stuff happened. We got a bunch of information. We had a cool combat. Like like it was a very Active, interesting backtrack, and and you know, in the realm of the laws of Bushido, shame and regret are interesting things to to come to oh, sure. to deal with when you're when you're you know bound by these tight laws and it's rules. A, it's a it's a lesson. It might even be an honor hit. Bum bum bum. Tune in be. next it week to find out what happens. <laughs> it could be, yeah, that it wasn't taken care of. It's it's an interesting, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I, I made. No, no, it's okay. It's just like an interesting thought because it's like, all right, so because for Dave, a hundred percent, like a hundred fucking percent honor hit, like there, total honor. Dave hit. deserves no honor. No, he deserves zero <laughs> honor. But it's like okay, if like because we we destroyed the sword in the midst of a combat, like when it started acting out against us, it's not like we were like, oh, we'll be late. We'll just take care of it here. We don't need to carry it back. So That's it true. Yeah, it wasn't like a but really we, easy. But, but, they, but you guys broke the because I, I, <clears throat> my character isn't part of it anymore. No. You know, you guys did break the rules. You <laughs> follow the rules and of the daimyo <laughs> set it for you. So, uh, yeah. ding honor. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Big. <laughs> I don't have a bunch of honor anyway, so. <coughs> I'm working on it. Poor, poor Bria's like, I have no idea no, what this, this game is. Good. is I, no, I'm like, just like, this is fun to just listen to. Sorry. I don't have to, like, 
I don't have to talk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Quite because you're too. funny and clever. Oh, we don't mean to, we don't mean to isolate. I'll get my right. shit in order. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Do you want to read the first email? Sure. Okay. Cool. Stakes cool. in combat from Joe and the IE. Mm, Stakes. Nice. Hi, IE stands for the Inland Empire. It does. For those who are not from California. It's a hot part of Cal. It's not Internet Explorer. No. <laughs> That's Almost the as useful. Oldest it's thing you've ever worse said. Worse than Internet Explorer. Is More it? backwards than no, Internet Explorer. No, I feel Explorer. like it's equally. Depends like, on which part of the IE you're from. Oh, that's right. Your part, Riverside. <laughs> Riverside's like the best part of the Inland yeah, there's, Empire. There's bad parts of the Inland oh, Empire. Oh, yeah. I know there's bad parts of the Inland Empire. Riverside's like, that's the one you hear about the most because of me. <laughs> Riverside's like the buffer before yeah. you hit like the Paris. Which is the meth capital one? Bakersfield. That, well, or this the rest of San Bernardino. No, yeah, San Bernardino. It was yeah. Riverside for a while, but then we was lost. It? Yeah, we lost that to that title oh. to San Bernardino. Damn San flying. Bernardino! Yeah, stealing everything from you. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while, you'd hear a house blow up. You're like, oh, what's the thing? It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Let's go ahead. Hi, crew. Recently, you guys talked about stakes aside from death and combat. Mm-hmm. I think you beat around the bush a little. You were absolutely. You are absolutely right that the threat of bodily harm up to and including death is important in armed physical combat. What's more important, I think, is that combat is a means, not an end. Usually. It should be. When your crab challenges a mantis to a duel, it's not because she wants to fight a mantis. It's because that physical combat is accepted as honorable resolution. And the crab needs needs an issue resolved honorably. Yes. I like that before... Yeah, I like that before I knew anything about L5R, I would have been like, what the fuck is this sentence, though? <laughs> I did not know that they were natural enemies. I have to watch more Planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. So thank you. You learned me something. That's an amazing visual of, like, this praying mantis and, like, this little crab. Right? Just, like, crab from the side. Mantis from the top. Yeah. Sides versus top. Yeah. It's a good fight. I will watch it. He's just like, ah. Yeah. I'd be into that, <laughs> and that's what I'm imagining that your character's doing yeah. every other every Sunday. Time, yeah. This is exactly totally. what I do every here, time from the side. Hey, just trapping to pop bubbles a, a lot. <laughs> a. I can't do it. <laughs> Ooh, oh. fuck those! Yeah. All, they're you have to say it all like nightmares. Yeah. Okay, uh, unless it's a mantis shrimp. Yeah. she said in Stork's voice. Can you angle your microphone a little bit more towards your mouth? No. Does it help? Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Talk, talk again? I don't want to talk. Oh, God, the little fluffy part came off. You don't need the fluffy part. I do. There <laughs> we go. How's that? Any better? That's, better a, little, or worse? that's a little better. We are right. professional. Go ahead. I can't do Mike anything forever. It's a nightmare. It's good. Okay, so when your murder hobos are fighting the goblins in the dungeon, it shouldn't be because you need a fight in this area to round up the experience total. Right. That's boring. Yes. It should be because the goblins want the nearby ogre to eat something besides goblin for dinner this week, and the hobos want the fourth key of Methuselah hanging from the goblin shaman's totem staff. I love that key. Right? Is that a real thing? It was a tappy reference years ago, the the seven keys of Entuzler. Yeah. And and he would harp on it. I think it might actually have been in a game. Tappy can probably verify it later, but <laughs> the seven keys of Entuzler has become our our like World of Warcraft. You have an explanation point. You click on it, go find a thing, you bring it to them, and they fetch give you something, quest. and you go find another. Yeah, yeah. it's a fetch quest. E- every Legend of Zelda game. Exactly. And so find the seven bits of this trifle. Yeah, and yes. this guy is like psychic and predicted we'd be making meth jokes. Yeah. So he's changed it to meth right. Yeah, like yeah, amazing. That's, that's because the dungeon is in Riverside. <laughs> Riverside. <laughs> 
perfect. Wow. Yeah. Interesting stakes <laughs> come from compelling goals because compelling goals lead to interesting decisions. Yeah. Before that goblin fight breaks out, the party has a choice. We could fight, which might lead to bodily harm. We could try to talk it out, but can we really trust them? We could try to steal the key, but is anyone sneaky enough? The bodily harm and threat of death, so vital to armed combat, is a potential downside that makes choice the choice meaningful. So are the risks of being double-crossed and the risk of getting caught sneaking through a goblin camp. So the risk of bodily harm is necessary, but not sufficient. The party needs a clear, clearly defined goal, and the potential combatant needs to be in the way of their achieving that goal. Ideally, combat should be a possible solution and not a, far, a foregone conclusion. Thanks, and as always, as always, for all you do. Abria, specifically. <laughs> I don't know why he like was, was to me, but that's you're so, welcome. Yeah, so weird. Like, so like, funny. So totally weird, right? I know, right? You're welcome, Joe. <laughs> from the IE. Astonishing that he knew uh-huh. you were going to be here Yay, reading his email. <laughs> yeah. Sweet yeoman. Nine oh nine representant or nine five one possibly. Hold I'm on. P.S. No gun. I just did that. Okay. I've that's always awesome. had a problem with that. In fact, I remember Bill. Uh, we were talking about a. Uh, Never heard of him. Some guy he used to be around here. He moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about a. It was actually it was it was a video game, but but I think it might have been um, Deus Machina or, De- or Deus Ex. Deus Ex. And we we were frustrated. We were talked about it. It was like, is there a way to do this game where you don't actually have to kill everything? Is there because mm-hmm. it gave you all these all these branches and all these choices and all these options? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do it? And it turns out there isn't. But how interesting would it be if you can just do a game without having to kill anything? Not that that you wouldn't, but you can try that. Now, you, you extrapolate it to role-playing games. Why do you have to kill everything all the time? Mm-hmm. It, it it isn't. Spoiler. It's a concept that many people don't appreciate or like. Spoiler: You don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> lots of like games that play that's like Turns pacifist out. run. Yeah. I I, I think this is like a super important point, and I don't quite remember this particular conversation. I don't know if I. I think I missed. I was here for this one. Oh yeah, I got it. I think so. I think you were. Um, And but yeah, I mean that's 100. percent Like the motivation should never be oh we need experience. uh, No. Let's have a combat. Let's play D and D. Yeah, but even then it's (laughs) it's changed a bit. I guess. Yeah. Well, and it depends on your like. Like you can totally play D and D, not like that. So yeah, it's sure. not even system specific. I, I can, li- I, I can see, a, and I would think it would be legitimate for a GM to say, yeah, yeah, you know, not this session, but next session they're going to go up against this green dragon. So, and they really kind of need to be fifth level to do that. So I'm going to throw in an extra fight in the previous session. I can totally see a GM do that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with. That. No, and, and but and it's not like like that is. A story driven decision That's not necessarily Well it's a metagame It, it is But as a GM no, You metagame everything like, Yeah Like you have to kind of Have that That story arc And the math behind That story arc involved, Like right. together um, So I, That doesn't bother me As much But I, I think you nail it On the head Is it 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 is a means Not an end You have to have uh, The the motivation Can't just be Cert- Certainly Kill things Yeah Come Combats, I think, are going to have more drama to them, <clears throat> and they're going to be more interesting if there's something at stake besides the fact that you might die. Right. Like the heroes, are, you know, the, the the biggest thing about fighting the dragon that's attacking the town isn't that you might die. It's like if you fail to kill this dragon, it's going to continue to kill innocents. Right. Like that's it's going to destroy the town. Yeah. It's like it's the, going to burn it to the ground yeah, and kill everyone. Failure. The biggest thing of your failure should not be you dying. It should be whatever the next awful thing is. 
Which like, should also be like rolling your to hit with your black the one black arrow that was handed down through <laughs> the family and you miss the dragon. Right. And yeah. then it destroys the town and it's on poor old Bard because Stork was playing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you shouldn't play play books. That's, yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. ever do something that's been pre written because you're never gonna actually pull it up. Nope. No. No. <laughs> Especially you. <laughs> and Stork well, it might take you a week to go find that arrow if you want to try again. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the end of the day, uh, a lot of this problem just comes up with the like from the fact that like maybe older D and D was just the way for people to get their like battle junkie rocks off, uh, right? And then dice became yeah, which is totally fine. It's, it's hold valid. On, hold on one second. I can remember. It's just taking the conversation. I'll keep it quick. You're I good. can remember counting every kobold and every goblin, like how much XP we got, because once we got enough, we leveled and then we got new stuff. So yes, yeah. we literally counted every kill to get XP oh, yeah. back exactly. in the day. So I stepped on an ant. That's a quarter of an experience, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it was. It got to be that bad sometimes. So yeah, it's institutional memory for like the reason you do anything in a role play game it's the whole it's the whole line like oh <laughs> it's the whole line that like when all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail right mm-hmm. we've now learned that with dice when you have some like d20s everything looks like a thing you need to kill yes. so yeah i mean these are all <coughs> super like i really like what joe said about like finding compelling choices mm-hmm. and i think that choice is always there no matter the game you play unless yeah. you're playing like whatever weird video game you're playing that like won't let you not kill things there's always a way to go about it. I think it's about having a group of players at a table that are smart enough to know how to approach situations like human beings mm. and not murder goblins. <laughs> murder murder hobos. And, and, and we're lucky because we, we surround ourselves with creative, interesting people, but there's a lot of people out there that still play a game that's just about killing stuff and gaming yeah. stuff. And, and I can't, we can't, and if that's fun, if that's their fun, we, we, I can't. I'm not going to fun shame them. Yeah, or your fun is wrong. Them, but it's but wrong. there are there's so many more options. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so many more things you can do. That's because we're. If you just do missionary every day, it's every week, once a week for t- for 20 minutes. You're born. There's so many more other options out there. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, near the end of his email, like where he's talking about the different options, whether it's like talking to people, whether it's sneaking around, all that stuff. Like the thing we were talking about with the big consequence, not death, but like, you know, the town being destroyed or whatever, like all those consequences, that consequence is still there regardless of which, you know, adventure path the the party chooses. Like regardless, like if they're successful in one of these paths, great. It doesn't really matter which one, but if they they fail, then there's still like that same consequence, which yes. is why it matters. That makes it matter. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I rang in your little. Nah, now nah, you're right. good. It was okay. a, it was a right. good she's diversion. Still, Back she's to still the point. Off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it goes. I, I would break this up into yes, into, into sections. Everybody got beer here. I got another beer for you, just in case you needed. The diverse matrons of a long time listener, and a tale of an unintended consequences. From Kai Kraku. Go ahead. Do whoever wants to do it. <laughs> do a voice. Do a voice. Do the voice. Kaiora, Charlie Stein's a drunken guy. What the fuck were those first two words? Kaiora. Cool. I read that as Rita Ora 18 times going through this. I know, but that's. This story also, quick note, a comment has grown into a monolithic trade of jib like proportions, so changed as vessels. I'd like to take right, a drink. Please dr- stop reading it like that. All right. I'd like you to take a drink. Okay. 
But really? it seems insulting to instruct such well-seasoned beer chuggers and wine gugglers. Glug- gluglers? I'm going to go with gluglers. Gluglers. Gluggers. Gluggers. On when to drink. You know when the right time is to quaff a beverage, and like your characters, know the right time to start checking back healing potions, or checking back healing potions, and when they are stuck in a blind canyon with 2,000 kobolds and use their arses as pin cushions. That's a lot oh, of XP. Oh, how I love it. <laughs> when they chase the kobolds. Warning, a one-half-hit dice creature is not going to live long without being sneaky and vicious as a weasel on a downer looking at a score from, to score some heroin, so don't fuck with them. Yeah, they are. They're desperate, desperate, angry little creatures. Kia Ora is uh, uh, Maori for hello. Oh, okay. cool. Nice. I've listened with interest and joy to the hundreds and hours of podcasts uh, and actual plays that you have produced for our pleasure. Thank I've you. previously conquered your backlog, Ooh. which was much easier when there were only five seasons. Oh. Yes, it would I'll be. lament the sanity of those who try it now. Happy Jacks has given me a welcome way to be able to step out of my life for a short period, for a short or not so short while each week. It's been particularly needed over the uh, past year when three members of my close family got sick and died of cancer. Fuck cancer. Yeah, fuck, fuck cancer. cancer. That's all fuck in cancer. caps right there. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Fuck, Fuck cancer. cancer. Fuck cancer. Raise a glass of that shit. It's uh, affected my family, too. Same. I know you folks do it for your own enjoyment, and I really... It, it's got all serious now. Yeah. Enjoyment, and it really mother. does have a positive uh, real-life effect on us listeners, and it goes way beyond good RPG advice. A stable-ish piece of fun is so unbelievably powerful when the rest of your world is spinning into chaos. So a huge thank you to you all. You're very welcome. And yes. Thank you. Wow. Oh, I, don't, thank you. I don't even know how to respond to that except to raise a toast and drink because that's what we Anglo-Saxons do when things get awkward. Yeah. The, feels, the feels, we must drink more. We do that thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to feel like part of it. Water doesn't work. <laughs> the evolution of the show as new guests, players, GMs, and friends have been added to the roster, have added their perspectives on how to play this great hobby and has been a defining feature. I don't think the podcast would have been able to remain as popular as it is without them. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All praises for me and me alone. That and, is. A, and a huge welcome back to Tappy from the waste of internet free exile. Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> After listening to you and Sam on the one shot the other week, I think Kimmy should keep you two well apart. <laughs> Too much of you two playing off each other could possibly disrupt the time space continuum. Yeah. Was that Sam or was that Mac? Was that Sam? It might be it might be Mac. I think you oh, might yeah. be confusing Mac and Sam. They both have red hair and they're Hold both. Hold on. No, Mac has red Tappy hair. ran uh, one shot with me and Sam and Oh, maybe. Oh, so maybe that's you. That I don't know. Right. I'm with so you. So many possibilities. So many. Uh, what follows are eclectic ramblings of someone who has listened to Happy Jacks for far longer than is good for their mental health. You're As a reward, me. I will cleanse your palate at the end of the tale of unintended consequences. All right. Like a cool glass of water after a really bad Shiraz. Shiraz. Do you a, not drink wine? It's a variety <laughs> of wine. Your your beer your beer love is showing. Yes. It is the corpsiest of all. If Shiraz is what I'm thinking of, it's it's the it's the one that tastes like a grave. Uh, what? Point the first. What I'm thinking of? I mean, maybe what? Is that why I like That's it? a very odd description for any yeah. beverage. Actually, point the first. I, I like don't want to know. Like, you have anything to compare it with? It no, like never dirt. mind. Let's not go there. <laughs> As a side note, you know there's, there's actually people that want to suck that red liquid out of that grave. They just they they, they pulled up. I didn't sign. I didn't sign that change petition. Did you hear about that? That, oh, that yeah. weird obelisk thing. I didn't okay. sign it. They that, found this. They this found this like the black sarcophagus yes. in Egypt that yeah. was going to ruin the world. 
Yeah, people are actually wanting to drink the red goo that came out of it, which is like how else will I years. restore my powers? I don't know what the. Why is there red goo it. in it? Game, game. Decomposing <laughs> bodies with mixed with water and clay. But. That's it's those are thousands of years old. They should be dried out by now. Well, no, yeah, that's why you want to drink it because it's got some powers. But <laughs> and basically, it's buried in a sewer. Yeah, because it, it, like yeah. modern effluent has been running across it for thousands of years. Oh well, it's probably just magical. Me. What could possibly go wrong drinking that? No, it'll be fine. Like, if there was someone cool in that sarcophagus, how else I'd be like, I, drink the stuff. Yeah, how else am I going to claim my go- my Egyptian death goddess powers? Thank you. This is the plan. You have to drink the juice. Yeah. The day they opened it was actually my surgery, and I had a plan with Sam that if yes. I didn't wake up from my anesthesia, and if I, that I was going to become the Egyptian death goddess, like when she needed a body when they opened it, oh, like perfect. that was going to be me. I'm pretty sure if you like drink that. a thousand-year-old sewage, you'll meet the death goddess quicker than you probably no, yeah, I wasn't actually, know. No, I wasn't interested in drinking. I was just like, if she needed a vessel and I happened to be knocked out at that, that time, fine. I was going to volunteer. I, I volunteer. <laughs> just like cat. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I will be death goddess. Okay. Okay, point the first. Sorry, good. Raise Darby. New Zealanders do not speak like Australians. Don't note it. Or raised Darby. I, I don't, know I don't who even know who that is. Darby is. is. Thanks, that guy, I guess. Thanks to uh, thanks be to Maui <laughs> and his giant hook uh, <laughs> that we don't talk like raised Darby. The most common New Zealand accent is generally more like Brett McKenzie from Flight yeah. of the Concords. Mm-hmm. Gunny in the Expanse is another typical New Zealand accent. Point the second podcast. <clears throat> I don't know who this guy is, but he's all over. The, the internet. Side yeah. note: How Rice we, Montague Darby? How are we not main, mentioning Taika Waititi? Yeah. Right, right. He's got a good accent, and you yeah. even got the name right. Yeah, I like it. I would say Tiko, but it's Taika. Be friends with me, Taika. Yeah. Uh, point the second podcast. The change from podcast to streaming has kept Happy Jacks current and increased the diversity of supporters. However, it has done so at the expense at the expense of loyal audio listeners. Over the years, those members of Happy Jacks who have role-played on audio-only me- only media have developed methods of painting a picture with words that makes the experience immersive. When listening to the streaming sessions, the level of description sometimes misses that depth. Try listening to The Goon Show and then compare that to Mr. Bean. A well-told story listened to will always be much more immersive than a video of people telling a story. Because the removal of our primary sense vision uh, makes... <coughs> Us engage our brain to create the vision, the visualizations relevant to the story. If sight is included, it will always intrude to some degree in the visualization. Human brains are hardwired that way, and that is one reason why uh, actual plays like radio shows remain relevant in an age of high definition visual technology. Also, if you compare the pure audio cast to the streaming APs, you will notice that. The players describe other sensory inputs like smell and feel more often than uh, than they were when they were focused on the audio only media. Interesting. Uh, I didn't think about I, that. That's I, a very fair. Point. And I didn't notice we were doing that. I looked up the Goon Show was a radio. Program. I remember the Goon Show. The Goon Show was um, very influential on Monty Python. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So um, did Spike you, Mulligan from nineteen fifty one to nineteen sixty. Spike Mulligan and Peter Cook. Okay. He just had that ready to go. No, it's the Goon Show. It was. I'm proud of you. It was the. It was the pregenerate of Monty Python. Everything that Monty Python did was because of the Goon Show. Nice. When you're a Monty Python fan, cool. <laughs> you know this stuff. Uh, on a tangent, I think members of the Goon Show would have really appreciated our, uh, your actual plays. They would get smashed on port while they wrote their scripts and. 
<laughs> then when they were recording, they would improvise uh, whenever they thought they could make another member of the cast spit take or be left gobsmacked. Oh, that's awesome. And can I say that gobsmacked is one of my favorite terms from across the pond? I we thought you were going to say flavor of jelly. A flavor of jelly <laughs> gobsmacked. Because <laughs> with a name like that, it must be good jelly. <laughs> Texting. Ready? Yeah. Oh, you just They're going to pass it off. Well, yeah. Point in the third. I figure since it's eleven pages, we can like cycle know, the table a couple times. And you got to talk to me like. Oh yeah, like this this blew Jib's record out of the water. Okay. <laughs> Jib, do you hear that? Oh I'm no. Out of retirement. <laughs> you better get ready because you're gonna have to do it too. Point the third. Learning from others. Perish the thought. But I am in wholehearted agreement with Stork. Yay! The hell you say. <laughs> A GM should take all opportunities possible to see how other GMs run a game. Yes, all right. Yes, thank yes, you. That's true. Good point. <laughs> However, that's true. for many of us who live in the gaming wildernesses of the world, cons or even organized play just aren't available. So listening to APs is one of the best ways that we get the opportunity to compare and contrast. Very point. Very nice. Yes. I also like that you know that comparing and contrasting are two different things. That makes me happy. All right. <laughs> point in the fourth. Note passing, slack, etc. Secrets are not secrets if they are known by everyone, and it doesn't matter how good a role player a person is, it is impossible for someone not to be biased to some degree by the knowledge they've been given. I agree. The thing that our brain doesn't <laughs> I that, can't unhear that now. The <laughs> thing that our brain does the thing that our brain does best is join pieces of information together to make patterns and intuitive leaps. Pareidolia! It's called pareidolia, and you're absolutely right. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That was very loud. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> the thing that our brain does best... Oh, sorry, I just said that. Uh, uh, make intuitive leaps, and it will still make those leaps, even when you try to give it a jolly good telling off about that sort of thing. There will always be bias, intentional or not. With the advent of tools Word. such as Slack, Discord, Fantasy Grounds, etc., note passing can be done simply without taking the focus away from role-playing, and that is happening... That The role-playing that is happening on the table. I do agree that you have to pick your moments to review notes that haven't been sent through. I generally find my gaming group gets into disagreements, arguments, and discussions on what to do next so so often that there's ample opportunity to read short notes, and sometimes novels like War and Peace, while waiting for them to decide what to do next. (laughs) Sounds like us. Nice. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to insert one little thing here, which is mm-hmm. like, when we're doing this live here, sometimes we feel obligated to yeah. let people know what the secrets are, just yeah. because you guys need you need to know. Yeah. Um, in a normal situation, I think, and this is you know this is a whole total Schrodinger's cat or, or an Eisenberg principle where mm-hmm. we're observing us affects the gameplay. It doesn't always, but in this case, it kind of does because I want to let you know what it is we got yeah. so that you guys can are informed uh, on the overall situation but in, in the normal group if, if we weren't being watched those secrets would be taken to our grave yeah. and only at the end of the game people are like yeah yes do send me this slack and this is what it said oh yeah. my god yeah well that, like in the last session when all you guys had dreams mm-hmm. I want to keep the listeners and the viewers in on everything yeah. so I had everyone leave except yeah. one person nice. they read their dreams so the yeah. audience knows can, it, is basically seeing the Omnipotent picture of the whole thing, right? And, and it's kind of a special thing when it comes to APs. But it is, I can totally see, like in a normal gaming situation, you would have sent me that Slack. I would have gone, hmm, and off we and right. Whether we chose to share it or not, would have just been up to yeah. us. Yeah, right. I will also say there is something slightly different uh, between like being slacked the text of your dream versus like clearing a room and having the mo- like 
the ability to actually like live in that moment as your character. Yeah, like it's cool. being given information versus being given an experience that's yeah. private are actually two super like different things. Absolutely. And I like yeah. that you cleared the room. That's super yeah. cool. I love that. That's my shit. Yeah. And then you get to like have this moment where, especially uh, if it's not, I don't know. I guess maybe it will work really well like while you're streaming too. But like I play like the game I'm currently running is for younger kids and these are teenage boys that don't like showing any kind of emotion around each other but the moment you clear a room and let them like have a moment not just teenage boys that's (laughs) that white chromosome is just like I have to keep all my feels in my body Uh, (laughs) why this was invented exactly but the moment I can clear the room and say like you're gonna have like here's an emotional beat and now here's a safe space to like actually explore it if you want to or not depends like it's nice so sorry just props to like also being willing to have secrets as a character versus just being given information. Totally Absolutely. awesome counterpoint. You need to come on more often. Nah, I don't like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually in the chat on Friday, like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Point in the fifth. Strength versus dexterity slash reflexes slash coordination, etc. Why is it that in so many systems that to swing a sword, axe, halberd, etc., it is based on strength, while to pull a bow is reflexes, dexterity, or whatever else they call it in the system? Oh, and the puny elven archer that's 50 kilograms, 110 pounds. I like the fact that he gave us the conversion. Yes. Yeah, that's so the thank you for that. <laughs> Ringing wet can fire their longbow for 250 meters, 270 yards. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you so much. My son and I do field archery. He's 14 and fires a 25 pound bow. He's accurate up to about 30 meters. After that, he needs to account for so much drop that his accuracy falls away. I fire a 70 pound bow, nice. which is one of the highest draw weights in our club. Now you're bragging. <laughs> because I am that much stronger, my arrows go on a flat trajectory for much farther. And so I expect to do a heart or lung shot most of the time out about 80 meters. English and Welsh yeomen at Agincourt were firing bows well over 100 pound draw weight. They had started training when they were approximately six years old and were so strong and had fired so many thousands of arrows that it caused scoliosis in their lower spine. It really wasn't a, a, a case of dexterity for them, but muscle memory. As a side note, they've actually like found graves of some of those archers, and their the the, the draw hand Popeye arm. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> the muscles were almost atrophied. Nah. These guys could not put their arm down because they had spent so long. That's a hundred pound draw. That's your Kimmy. Kimmy's works out right. <laughs> And she really? benches. She's benching. I'm gonna. Uh, well, you just, right you just did yeah. 145. Right? Plates. That's with both. Yeah. These guys are pulling back. Yeah. 100 pounds with one arm. Yeah. That's a. That's a lot. That's astonishing. Mm-hmm. That's that's like lifting up a, a porn a, J- a Japanese porn star with one hand. Two, three. No. Uh, funny. <laughs> okay. It was very good. I think it depends what kind of porn. Okay. <laughs> I tried, but it's, it's it's a lot on one hand and with one drop and repetitive too. So they found these graves and it's astonishing. Their their shoulders are atrophied. Their muscles are are you, they can clearly tell and they were like definitely an archer. Yeah, it is. Now the, uh, the it was a specialized thing. That's all they could do. The one thing I've noticed is that um, archers get the most annoyed about role playing games. <laughs> <laughs> than anyone else, they do. Yeah. It's true. No, you're, you're yes. accurate. Accurate. Yes. Um, Poor Rangers. And uh, let me just say, in in defense of at least one RPG, GURPS, 
Never heard of it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Is, I'll do it for you. <laughs> you, know, you actually have you, you, your bow has a strength rating. They don't use they don't use draw weight, but you you have you would buy a bow commensurate with whatever your strength is, and that will change what that bow is capable. Of. And GURPS is much more simulationist than yes. many of the fantasy games that we play, and. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes uh, bows kick ass in GURPS as well. They should. I mean, you you can go down the rabbit hole of simulationism. You certainly can. on a lot of stuff. Yes. I mean, on guns. I, I I look at look at like the stats for how much damage certain kinds of weapons do with certain mm-hmm. kinds of ammo. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. And I always think that poor rangers get get the uh, get the shaft. Bec- no, no pun intended. Hey! I saw your brain going. I'm going to do you it. I'm going to do it. He did it. He did it. Uh, because because of the ranger digging out the corn. If you're, if you're playing if you're playing a simulation of this game that gives you the chance to aim and you get bonuses for it, it's like so. By the time the fighter goes, and the ranger takes like two two rounds, it goes shaft in the eye, down he goes, and the fighter goes, yeah, right. And the ranger, you know, then it's the whole Legolas thing. Unless it's D and D, and there's no called shots, and an arrow only does one d six damage, and you'll never kill anyone with it. And so what he's complaining about is is Hey. <laughs> the archers have to be able to do one thing, and the people right. that swing swords have to be able to do another thing. Yes, there's definitely game balance. Yes, reasons for why they do some of the things they do. Yes, absolutely. And oftentimes, reality butts up right against that, and we hate it. And if you don't know what the Battle of Agincourt is, you should do it. Go look it up; it's very cool. Very I'll play the song. I think I, I, think I have it on. Yeah, play the song. You know, our king went forth from Normandy. <laughs> Grace and mine is chivalry. I think it's on here. Maybe not my king. Anyway, king. Anyway, keep going. Things also go very badly if you try to go full rock and roll with an AK-47 and you don't have the strength to deal with the recoil that one uh, that one of those puts out. You'll be more of a danger to your own side and burn door and barn doors should feel safe. Very nice. <laughs> On the other side of the equation, I've done a couple different martial arts and as part of my training, I have wielded a number of weapons. I really like using axes. If you don't have good coordination when swinging two kil- uh, kilograms of razor sharp... 4.4 pounds. Yes. I can do the conversion, too. Nice job. Bam! Of <laughs> uh, razor sharp metal at the end of a heavy wooden shaft, you are more likely to cut off your own leg than do any damage to an opponent, and your strikes are much more likely to, uh, to glissade off an enemy's armor and leave you open for... Rep- Repose. Repose. Yes, thank you. Repose. If you are relying on your strength. See, you're sitting next to me. I'm losing my reading abilities. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've never played Power by the Apocalypse or other, quote, hippie games, but I certainly like the idea of abilities such as physical, mental, and social, as opposed to strength, reflexes, intelligence, etc., that occur in more traditional games. Well, that's not what you get with Power by the Apocalypse games. Go ahead. Well, it depends on which, which ones. Cool. Cool. Yeah, they are a little different than that. <laughs> the idea that a character's ability to affect the world is based on multiple attributes working in concert just makes more sense. Ready, stoop. No, you're right. Oh, wait, oh it's Brie. Okay, go. Okay, cool. I thought we were all this. this. I want to talk about. It. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. She read the first email. Oh, I just no, want to say no, really quickly. Oh, uh, oh, oh, in defense of the strength versus dexterity. Yeah. I don't think that they mean like strength in like exclusion. For dexterity, like it's just which one requires like a predominance of the other, and like, hey, you're in a ballistic, like a ballistic weapon requires more dexterity to like put yourself in the right range to use it at like mm-hmm. effectively. So, 
Is this a dancers versus football players argument here? Yeah, because any ballerina yeah. has more like fuck your shit up. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> a football player and a ballerina get into a fight. Like, if the, like the ballerina, I guess, could be a glass cannon. Yeah. I just don't think she can take a hit. No. Yeah. But when we're talking about like, are a, you kidding me? Many painkillers those dancers are on. <laughs> As also, for football toes. players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. Good point. Then, yeah. Right. And they got testosterone. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just They're a matter of, like, out. yeah, if they were, like, who has better body control versus, like, ballistic strength versus, like, controllable strength. Like, we were talking about the scoliosis in archers. Like, mm-hmm. that is super specialized strength. Yeah. yeah. So we'll call it dexterity because the thing you're actually using isn't this, like, the training since you were six. It's the ability to overwhelm an opponent using, like, the dexterous side of your weapon, which is, like, get in the right place and, like, Legolas off of a bouncing hobbit in a river and then shoot from there. I I don't know this for sure, and I don't think anyone knows because no one was there, but I'm assuming they were doing a more trajectory sort of ballistic firing of the arrows rather than a straight... Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we're saying, like, an archer in a role-play game. Okay, yes. I play a game where me and 50 other people stand on the wall. Right. (laughs) That's how we fight. But, like, if you're in the woods... They're like snipers. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that the archer that they were originally basing D&D off of was the sort of Robin Hood archer, which is shooting through trees on a run. So you're dexterous. It's quick, it's moving, it's fast, it's shooting, shooting from the hip and shooting quickly. And it does, I mean... It's not a strength-based thing. It's it's about being agile and jogging and, and quick and and, and, and seeing it and decisive. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a, as opposed like, to archers like, and a slugger yeah. going through the trees to to, to right. hit them. Yeah, and, and I get what they were going for, but <coughs> but no one thinks that archers aren't strong. Right. Also, every modern archer, like you picked archery because you wanted to be fiddly about the stuff that you know. <laughs> so no bonus points for you. But I, it, I mean, it is. <laughs> The, there, there's a, what do they call it? The twitch reflex or whatever. Yes. There's a, a, a certain the white muscle twitch. and right. muscle. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, in anything where you're firing something a long distance, that you it, it, you have to take that into account, yeah. regardless of how strong you are. If you don't have the ability to the, the hand-eye coordination to be able to line that thing up and know how it's going to move in, in such a direction, that has nothing to do with your muscles. That's yeah. why snipers. There's there's only a handful of snipers in the world. Because they have a certain ability to be able to do what it is they do. Not, I'm not glorifying warfare or anything, but it's it's a. It's otherwise, everybody could be a sniper. They have something. Well, that some of them. Strength. Some of them are also really good at math in their heads. Yes, perhaps. Because you had that Canadian guy who shot someone from three miles yeah. away, but they, they had to take the the, the spinning the of the earth. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, <laughs> but, but they also I mean, they also have like these watcher guys that like like the spotters that do right. that stuff for them and help them. But still, there's a. Why isn't the spotter shooting? The spotter isn't shooting because that guy is apparently better at it than something else, and it's not a strength thing. He's not running in with no. a sword. He's That's got also a, a gun. He's, he's got a twitch. I, well, <laughs> my point being, bows are just that's big sk- bullet guns. It's yeah, a gun. Yes, it's a gun. My point being that that's a skill that isn't a strength skill. I would contend it's a thing. If you if you want the most accurate sort of game mechanics for archery. The, the strength of the character firing it, assuming that you have a bow matched to the person's strength, yeah. is going to affect the range that, that they're they're effective at and how much damage potential damage they can do. Spoken like a true GURPS GM. That's that's how I think you should... You should <laughs> You're not wrong. You should deal with it. You're not wrong. Because, because it is. A guy who's like super, super buff, who's a good archer, and a guy who's like you know a 96-pound weakling who's a good archer, 
are there's no way the two of them are going to do the same deal the same amount of damage. The Rock and I can both pull bows back, and the Rock is going to be able to pull back a hundred pound bow, and I'm going to be able to pull back a twenty pound bow. Right. And the Rock <laughs> is going to be able to shoot through five hay bales, and I will barely hit one. Right. Right. But if you're an elf, elven bows are different. So like all magic. of this doesn't mean anything because yeah. there's magic in well, the world. And that's yeah. what it is. Like you have to look at it as game balance. They're like. Well, they're going to be more dexterous, you know, like rangers, because they're going to have to have some sneaking skills. Right. So we probably should make the weapons that they're very likely to use to all go with that character. Exactly. Like it's, it's like that that Corona. stereotypical like role stuff in uh, traditional. I, I start when I when I was working on the firearm rules for Moment of Truth, I because I t- I took a, a a reloading class, so I know way more about muzzle velocities and grain loads and all kinds of stuff that have to do with rounds that I ever really I have a certificate that I ever really wanted to know it has my name on it and everything (laughs) but but I had to stop myself because and and you can actually still see a little bit of rules bloat in the firearms rules in moment of truth because of the fact that I wanted to convey some of them (laughs) some of the stuff that I thought mattered Mm -hmm. but I probably went too far yeah to be quite honest and and here's here's what it really boils down to Archery and range stuff is unbelievably powerful. It's turned the tides of battles across centuries, uh, every battle. And in order to balance out the characters, you have to underpower your archers. Well, or snipers. I feel like you say that coming from like the likes to play yes, rangers. Yes and no. Yes. yes and no, because I could if, if if you're running up to hit somebody, like say on a battle line. And I can get five arrows off and kill him. You don't have anything to do. That's why you don't play a fighter. Yeah. No, fighters. Fireball wizard forever. Well, everything is D and D. And we've done some GURPS games where the sniper takes a round, pauses. That's a rifle. Prepared. That's not a bow. Still, even with a bow, I even did it. No one's gonna blow someone's head off with a with an arrow. I shot. <laughs> I shot a guy in the eyeball, and I got enough rolls on in a in a uh, moot game. And 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 turn the tide of the okay. game right yes. then and there. But, but you miss a dragon with your historical arrow from your grandfather's I, I, ancient people. Oh no, I buddy. Did. No, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what modifiers, and that, and that's why the randomizers yeah. are so critical to these things. Yes. Is yes. that even though I can I can do a called shot and I pause and I have all those bonuses, those randomizers. Bastards that they are, yeah. come up snake eyes. Let me let me just say that one of the reasons that archers are so effective on the battlefield is because there's a thousand of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and they don't actually have to be there. And and by the time everybody else moves up, they can dart, drop back and keep dropping them on you. Yeah. So they don't actually. It's an unbelievably powerful weapon. That's my point. It, well, it's scary as fuck. Yes. Can you imagine you're sitting yes. on a battlefield. You've been pressed into service. You're some. Irregular guy on the field, and you've been given a stick that's sharp on one yeah. end, and all of a sudden, a fucking cloud of arrows is coming raining down upon you. Of course, you're gonna shit yourself. Let, let's make it and run away. Let's make it one on one. You know, there's somebody in the forest, and you're gonna actually, or, or even in the in the, in the bushes, and you're like, I know he's in there somewhere, and there's an arrow in your eyeball. Okay, down well, you, go. You're, you wouldn't even know it had happened, right? That's that, that's scary as fuck. You watch your buddy drop no, down. You didn't know it happened. Well, exactly. but if you way, hear it, it wasn't for you. But, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, the reason that bows are so effective in combat is because of the fact that there's a lot of archers. All right, I'm going to say that bows are effective in combat because archers don't actually have to be in front of you to kill you. 
They can oh. drop you from. They can drop you oh, from yeah. out of range. Speaking you don't even of, know they're there. Clearly, speaking of bows, ranged weapons are better than than melee weapons. Speaking Absolutely. of bows, let's talk about shields now. Yeah. Okay. Point six. <laughs> shields. I'm taking it. Do it. Now. Do the thing. Why do nearly all systems not recognize that to effectively use a shield requires skill and training, just as much as dual wielding? Uh, let me just say, GURPS has a shield skill, and you need to have it to, <laughs> get it, to use the shield. <laughs> you, you, you forgot to put shopping glasses there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, wait, what, what, what system was that again? <clears throat> GURPS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the hands of someone who knows what the fuck they're they're doing, serious damage can be done with several kilos of iron bound lime wood. Has no one watched Vikings? I have. Yeah. yeah. Yay. And to and to effectively defend with a shield so it either doesn't get cut into kindling or get your arm broken while also stopping the enemy weapon from hitting me also takes a lot of skill and practice. There's a great scene in... It's an imperfect the movie, but the Warrior. 13th Warrior. Warrior. Right. It goes through all those shields. It's an yeah. imperfect movie, but there's some amazing moments. Nice. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. I'm it's, mentally it's, adding it to my DVD queue of the Of the like three great Viking movies, it's one of them. It's on nice. Hulu right now. I watched oh, perfect. It oh, is it really? Yeah. I think it's either Hulu or Netflix because I watched it while I was sewing. And don't miss the Vikings with Ernest Borgnine. Oh, you can miss it, but it's it's up there with the three great Viking movies. Yeah, sweet. I will watch it. Make sure you watch Troll Hunter too. It's terrible. It's actually terrible. Is it good? Troll Hunter. You haven't seen Troll Hunter? Oh my god, keep reading. Irma Gerd, you got to see. Good night, everyone. I have to go home and watch a movie. (laughs) You're dead to me until you watch Troll Hunter. I'm sorry. Troll Hunter is fantastic. I will fix it directly. That's gonna make me never watch them. I really aren't a total simulationist. My brain hated that sentence, but it's okay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> These, it's easy from the other side. You sit here and watch yeah. it. It's like, these are hard to read. <laughs> good. I love making a good collaborative story, but I also get tired of characters The reflexes with the reflexes of a mongoose and the strength of a jellyfish picking up a bow and assassinating their enemies <laughs> from a rugby field away. We just nice. talked about that, yeah. Right. Right. Rugby board. field is a very specific example. Yeah, no one knows how far that is. Yeah. New how, how many football fields is that? <laughs> Probably a few. Goodbye. Unless you're, talking, unless you're talking about actual football, which is soccer. <laughs> something, something, all blacks. Because they're cool and do a hawk at the beginning. Just as much as I hate characters who have the physical acuity of a wombat on psychedelics, but with the strength of a moose on roids, gleefully hewing off body parts left and right. So, bitching, whinging, and grumping over. They always get rewarded, too. They're the ones on the cereal box, and yet the archer. <laughs> now for the promissory of an un- uh, story of unintended qu- consequences. All right, trade. Why five? Oh, Boom. Where, where were you? Unintended consequences. We are playing. Oh, we are playing in a system called Dragon Warriors. It was originally published in 1985, and I Woo. first bought it at the tender age of 11, thinking it was a pick, uh, pick and ad- and a. Ad- Pick, Pick a, a path, path adventure. adventure. Oh, choose your own adventure. Choose your yeah, choose your own yeah adventure. but they got it a lot faster. Right. It's efficient. I like that. Uh, little did my parents know that this game was going to turn their little sporty son into a gothic neophyte with an interest <laughs> in everything that could be described as eldritch. Oh, no. Ah! Like, this is what the anti-D&D moms were afraid right, of. the moral panic. Yeah. <laughs> I still... No, not Blackleaf. <laughs> I still... Kicked ass on the rugby field and was no rugby's serious shit. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Their, their first aid kit is a bucket of ice. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I still uh, kicked ass on the rugby field and was known to listen to the occasional Johnny Cash song. Good on ya. Yep. Love is burning flame, and it brings 
firing. I'll never forget yeah, your uh, down <laughs> a wild desire. <laughs> I fell into a ring of fire. He did it. He did a uh, Johnny Cash did a copy of Hurt by uh, by was it? Um, yeah, the guy from Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you said it's it's a great quote from from Stu, which is nobody knows more about addiction than Johnny Cash. Yeah. Right. And, and oh, and, and when you hear that song, Trent Reznor was such a bitch when they interviewed him about dude. He's in, about that. He's like, no, I wrote that. I didn't like the fact that he did it. Yeah, I wrote that I song in my he's, bedroom, he's man. Just a fucking. I'm like, what does that even dude, mean? Johnny fucking Cash just. Covered like your, your fucking song yeah. It's Johnny Cash. It's not Trent Reznor. Shut Johnny up. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, and he just brought the so much pain. He did. It's so perfect. And like, at the end, like, cause, I mean, that wasn't, I think that was like less than a year before he died, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think, I think his wife died his, before it was six, released. Yeah. Like, uh, um, June. June Carter. Yes. Yes. She she passed away like six months before he did. And yeah, I think you're right. And it was just like and that you song, listen to there's it. There's a shot of her in that video. Mm-hmm. And that song is so powerful. And, oh yeah. And, and, and again, as Stu said, nobody knows more about addiction than Johnny Cash. I mean, <laughs> and you can hear that. Well, there may it, be more people who know about addiction. Yeah, but they, nobody expressed. But he knows it that a lot well. about it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, dude I, I thought that was a really really oh, yeah. poignant Beautiful. thing. Oh, it's. I was like, when, once it, once you said, I went back and watched. It, I'm like, yeah, dude, wow, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, he knows it, he knows this landscape. It brings your shit down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. Uh, anyway, Carrick, uh, this is an occasional Johnny Cash <laughs> song. So they were okay with the combat boots, black jacket, Bauhaus, Bauhaus, Bauhaus. That is, that's how Bauhaus is no, spelled. No, but I think that's what he's going for. Okay, and and gruesome pictures of werewolves. We love you, Mac. Hey. According to the internet. Uh, a rugby field is 122 meters by 68 meters. Nobody said that to you. You actually looked that up on your own. Yeah. <laughs> just a soccer such, a awesome. soccer pitch is 110 to 120 yards, or 100 to 110 meters. Okay. You looked that up too? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I started. To. Like, what is your point? I know they're obsessive. <laughs> Good. Good. No, no, no. Now let's do some quick unit conversions <laughs> in our podcast. <laughs> How the I fuck many football God, fields it. is that? Right? You said soccer pitch. Uh, how many, football field. Uh, it is one point. Uh, a soccer field is one point one. Uh, no, nope. we're fields. going. Ru- we're going rugby to football. I don't know what, what was rugby. I don't remember what rugby was. What was rugby? <laughs> uh, I have to look at it again. Okay. <laughs> no, if you're going to start this, we finish. Uh, we rugby finish field. the math. We start. Uh, no, but no, oh, I'm only doing linear length. Yeah. We're not doing area. I don't know. There's a guy. It's only linear length with him. <laughs> The width is the most important part. <laughs> Girth matters. Girth matters. It's like more important. Yes. I think it's total volume that matters. Can we can we move on quickly before this gets even more awkward? Nope. Nope to both. We can make it more awkward. Like, let me live in this. Yes. We will roll. Bring me the in hot this. vodka. Yes. We will live in this for the rest of the podcast. Surface area. No. <laughs> no. The surface is not the most important part. No. No one was a total cube. surface. Well, total surface. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> continuing. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Well, what if it was a really long piece of spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stu, you win. As soon as the podcast is over, I will come. I will finish the thought. Thank you. Thank you I for changing that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Dragon Warriors yes. uses <laughs> Here we go. multiple polyhedral dice and is roll low. 
So Stork and Kimmy would probably do quite well at it. <laughs> the shade. Wow, you've been totally shade. like lumped, lumped in with yeah. me. I'm the young Stork now. That's You're what like they call me in the chat room. You're a Storklet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad she's better looking to kick my ass, too. So. <laughs> I think you still have better hair. Yeah. yeah. I am a little angry. I accidentally brought my, my dice in here, and I can feel them getting worse being in proximity. I did both of you. I know. Literally, the plastic is starting to crack. Yeah, they're metal. See how they're see rusting. How they, see this? they have a half life, and it just got half. <laughs> yeah. See, and what they don't know is that we can just go molest their dice when they're not looking. No touchy. <laughs> is that what happens? Yeah. She touched the dice. Oh, we actually did that. I know, know you did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you told me. You're the worst at keeping secrets. <laughs> he is. And it, well, I know. I, what would be the point of doing that and not telling you? Yeah, right? No. Well, that's, true. that's fair. Yeah. Any character or NPC can use a weapon to some degree. None of this mages only use daggers and staffs bullshit. GURPS does the same thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, If your sorcerer wants to go full murder hobo, give that bad girl a two-handed sword and the dragon's breath spell and unleash hell. Uh, A starting knight has six hit points. By level eight, she has 12 hit points, and two-handed sword does five. So while it is an attrition system, it's pretty fucking deadly attrition system. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. Dragon Warriors has some old school... Uh, style mechanics too, but is not focused on a setting of. Well, but it's very focused on setting a dark theme for play. But is very focused on setting a dark theme for play, uh, full of the horror of Northern European mythology and providing great storytelling opportunities. Elves are not just daisy eating tree huggers <laughs> with bows. <laughs> Visual. Dude, Makes that is. So that, I'm still making a t shirt. They're Fuck not elves. just an elf, not just a daisy eating tree hugger. No, but like elves are just daisy eating tree no. huggers. No. In my heart now. Well, like, not in Dragon Warriors. Yeah. You have to have it with bows and then like an actual little pink bow on it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to bow with a fucking ribbon. You need to have the Frisette ripoff where it's like Conan standing on top of a pile of, of dead bodies. like elves. Not just daisy eating. Yes. <laughs> but he's standing on a pile huggers. of dead yeah. daisies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, carry on with a bow, like a like a ribbon bow. Yes, yeah. in his hair. Perfect. Um, <laughs> they are members of the faithful. A nice bow in the back, making his ponytail. Yeah, or a top knot. Here you go. <laughs> a man bun. On the a top. man bun. <laughs> What's wrong with man buns? Nothing. Okay. I want a fuckboy elf T-shirt so badly. Now. <laughs> a body pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Elves are not just daisy-eating tree huggers with bows. They are members of the Fey Court. Yes, they are. Fairy mounds are placed <laughs> to fear. That was super are, creepy. Are places Sorry. to fear, and the Fey love nothing so much as torturing your character's mind and soul with the bargains they make. All the while, never telling a lie. Nice. Now I should go. <laughs> I, I was premature. It's okay. It's Every okay. time you, you meet a new type of creature, you have to make a save, or your character runs screaming from it. As in, the mind goes, "Nope, nope, nope." <laughs> Ghosts can literally scare day. your character to death with a single saving throw, and every time wow. you enter a town, you have a chance to catch the flu, the plague, or some nasty communicable disease. This does not sound like a fun game. <laughs> this sounds amazing. <laughs> it, does. it totally does. This and is, me actually traveling. Is, this is your Dark Ages mock game right here. 
This is what you really yeah. want. This yeah. is like, you know, there's consequences. Like, you walk into a dirty town that has the plague. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, there are, well, there, it, the, the medic skill in Moment of Truth yeah. for Blood, Blade, and Tusk has specific rules about getting infections. At, I'm just saying, like, you know. When someone tries to help you. From town to town. <laughs> you, nice. you can go from a town that everything's fine, and then you then you, you spend a day traveling. And, go, no, and you don't have their germs. You don't, you're not and they might have the plague, mm-hmm. but right. nobody's made it out yet. And or maybe a go. virulent cold that you don't I'm have any, any really, immunity I'm to. really sad that I'm giving him ideas. This mm-hmm. is a really yeah, bad I'm, idea. Yeah, what are you doing? TPK. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> I don't, don't want to die of a dumb thing. Uh, TPK influenza. Perfect. Boom. <laughs> Such Stop. bullshit. Because I know you want to It may not go six sessions. And you get the measles. Influenza, the role-playing game. Rubella. Steel. Steel. I tell the players that this is more a supernatural and superstitious world rather than a magic world. And if you are caught doing magic, NPCs are first likely to run away screaming and then return with a lynch mob complete with torches and pitchforks. There you go. Uh, Speaking of players, let's introduce them. I have changed the names of the players because their names are not important other than their (laughs) designators. Not because I am about to be particularly derogatory about any of them. Three may mainly play D and D and very in a very high fantasy settings. Let's call them Alicia, Bob, and Charles, nice. or Charles. Um, Alicia <laughs> chooses to play a warlock. Kind of all a, women play warlocks. <laughs> in D&D. Thing. Kind of a Sorry, twisted. It's a weird thing that pops up in D and D. Usually, like I, in my personal game, the first game, every mm-hmm. time a girl, every time a girl came in to try for the first time, she's like, "I'm gonna make a warlock." Really? Yeah, nice. they're Interesting. like Interesting sexy witches from the crowd. <laughs> Interesting observation. Okay. I would like to see the percent like who watched the craft as like a young teen or like like late elementary school. Like, you know? that's a good point. Yep. You know what? I picked a warlock and I was like, I'm doing the craft. We're all doing the craft. Like to be fair, Abri and I have like shared craft <coughs> gifts on Twitter quite often. Okay. Actually, multiple times. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, uh, kind of like a twisted back alley love child of a paladin and medieval Batman. <laughs> She's going to be the daughter of a lord. Mm-hmm. Bob is playing a barbarian by the time uh, plays a barbarian by the time of the incident. I will talk about. He has already lost two characters. <laughs> oh. one through bad luck, the other through stupidity. Uh, yeah, Bob. Right. I, I, I oh no. That. Yeah, Charles. You and me, man. Charles plays a knight. Uh, he is. Affianced. Oh, oh, affianced to the the sister of Alicia's character. Nice. Um, One of the player, one has played a range of systems, including a lot of GURPS. Yeah! Uh, And Dragon Warriors, we'll call him Derek. He plays a mystic, can pump himself up like a Wolverine. No, like Wolverine. Like Wolverine. <laughs> no, he just turns into a Wolverine. Yeah. I've never seen he an inflatable a Wolverine. Dirty. He's a werewolf. I have. No, an inflatable Wolverine? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a thing. Like the animal? No. Or the dude? The dude. Okay. I mean, I'm sure somewhere, somewhere has an inflatable animal wolf. Did it have, was it yeah, like anatomically I'm correct? I'm not going to kink <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> no, they had five, three, and smelled like cigar No, smoke. it was like those... <laughs> incredibly hirsute for a pillow. <laughs> the cigar was actually... No. It was like one of the punching things. I like paid a lot of hit. money for Oh, that. okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have other ones, too, but I don't know about the... I paid a lot of money for that pillow. If you can imagine so it, it, it exists. It's a collector's okay. item now. <laughs> his character is a peacock of a man who is a minstrel who likes to play ladies as well as his loot. Not, if you yeah. know what he means. Yeah, it's not a collector's item because of the stain stork. Go ahead. 
And my last player has never played any role-playing games before, but liked Skyrim and other computer-slash-console games. Cool. His name... We'll name him Eric. Eric also chooses a knight. But can he be like a Viking? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You could be a Viking, I reply. Nice. In fact, Eric's character is called Lars the Handsome. Hey, nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you got a little Hey! In his backstory, he had set fire to a church that he was pillaging and horribly burned his body when he was trapped in the church. In fact, his head was so burned that he wore a sack with eye holes cut out. Oh. Uh, cut out of it, yeah. I'm a human being. Yeah. Uh, cut out of it. So, it wouldn't make so that it wouldn't yeah. make children cry or villagers form mobs to chase him away. Because most of the players were un, were unused to playing this style of game, I had not GM'd in over a decade. Wait. Ooh, wow. And I had not GM'd in over a decade. Yeah. I decided to start with pre-generated adventure. The adventure in the books uh, have very good scene setting. Uh, we also have an overall theme for the campaign, the Warlock Sister and Charles Knight's affianced has been kidnapped by the Vikings and they are going to raise an army to get her back. Okay, so I, I have to pause there <coughs> because this guy's taken on a huge load. I mean he hasn't he hasn't actually DM'd in a long time and he's got a guy with a sack on his head. He's got a uh, medieval Batman and he's got uh, Derek who can pump himself up like Wolverine. This is um <coughs> this is a big this it's is a, a lot. It's a, There's a lot to party. do for you yes. like like back into this whole thing. And I have to say actually for um a, 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 it's the Scandinavian underplayment, which is like a Derek the Handsome. He's so horribly scarred, he has a right. bag Lars on his head. The handsome. Oh sorry, Lars, Lars the Lars. Handsome. Sorry. But also, Lars, all Vikings burn down churches. This makes me happy. Well, <laughs> you know, they, they, they did well, in their game too. They kinda did you for gotta. a while. But uh, I just love that Scandinavian sort of irony, which is like, yeah, he's, he's the most handsome guy underneath that bag. Yeah. <laughs> so we happily start the campaign uh, where I describe the world, the dark and the uh, the dark and gr- and gritty Dark Ages substitute. Introduce the quest giver NPC who gives them their first quest. The characters ride out of the quest giver's fortress and ride through the neighboring lord lord's lands on their way to the far off land in search of the MacGuffin. The party comes to a bridge over a river overlooked by a hill by the shores of Kichigumi. Um, on, on the bridge are a number of warriors who are checking the contents of travelers' carts and bags and demanding a toll to cross the bridge, uh, like actually happened in the Dark Ages. Yep. Uh, the soldiers stop the heavily armed party and demand a reasonably exorbitant toll Exorbitant to fee. <coughs> That was to, you, right? Yes. Exorbitant <laughs> fee. It appears we have a game con um, uh, to cross the bridge. Instead of haggling or anything similar, the warlock, one of the high fantasy D&D players, states, How dare that peasant address me and make demands? The hell I'm going to pay, I charge! At this oh it me. <laughs> yeah. row, row. Okay, I'm going to pick this up here. Are you ready? Good. At this point... I can see my nice, safe, nice, safe pre-made adventure with its nice, easy trick tracks leaving the station <coughs> and disappearing into the distance. We are not on board. Well, yeah, that's because you have players, and players fuck shit up. <laughs> I look at the warlock and say something like, <coughs> "You want to do what?" Her response: <laughs> "They're not getting my money. I aren't paying. I charge." Okay. Ten minutes later, the first atrocity of the campaign is complete. 
the few warriors left flee. I remember Happy Jack's advice, <clears throat> and this is a quote, don't put anyone in front of the characters that you don't want to die. That's true. <laughs> yes. Accurate. End quote. On the plus side, I have a new enemy for the party if they ever <coughs> come back this way. <coughs> if they ever come back this way. See how yeah. that... See? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Several sessions later, I have immersed the players into the idea that everything outside of the villages and towns is covered in woods and needs to be treated like a brother's grim tale. I have often mentioned several varieties of Corvus, ribbons, crows, etc., as being around for general description and setting gloomy type of atmosphere. You oh. know, coming to a crossing, you see a gibbet with a corpse hanging from it. A conspiracy of ravens are feasting. The players Isn't put their minds what? No, I'm sorry. The players put their minds together oh. and add two and two to get a million. Obviously. All of the ravens and crows and the stuff that must be getting sent by deities, and of course, all of the deities that use Corvus as their symbols. Familiars, messengers, must be linked. So, the Morgane, Photon, the Saxon version of Odin, Mithras, and the rest are in cahoots, share powers, or something. Oh, you can't forget Annie, the goddess of behavioral science. Yeah! Call <laughs> back! Woo! Ten <clears throat> gods for the win. I'm so glad it wasn't okay. Annie, the goddess of musical theater. No. <laughs> tomorrow, <Hey>. tomorrow <laughs> I love you tomorrow Hey, me as the GM who, who, who am I to argue with such deductive reasoning So of course They were all linked And of course every raven, crow, rook and magpie Are just hanging out Waiting to inform the most fickle gods Imaginable on the antics of the characters As a result of the <coughs> Providing me with such a wonderful gift I've had a very Trapped in the form of a rook, a vision quest looking through the eyes of a raven, ravens leading members of the party through a cave system, a magic cloak made of rook feathers that nice. all the characters have been too scared to try on, <laughs> a box that, when open, launched forth a never-ending stream of birds that attack the party, and uh, uh, and raven symbology littered all over the place to offer warnings and, and direction. Nice. The last act of unintended consequences that I will describe involve our newbie role player and what I thought was a low-level magic item. Yes, break the item. <laughs> the party enters a fairy mound. Look at this. this scene. The party enters a fairy mound controlled by fae prince. All they have to do to survive it is from dusk till dawn. The mound is made of concentric circles leading to a ring in the middle surrounded by the central chamber. Partway through, they come across... <coughs> a pit. A pit. By the expedient method of a few of the characters falling into it, <laughs> at the bottom they, of course, find a number of corpses. Eric informs me that Lars will rummage around through the bodies to see what he can find. Hey, he's a Viking, so, you know, pillaging dead is a fine tradition. Lars finds a magic bag. Now, I didn't want them to be getting items that were too powerful, so the magic sack. <laughs> can only hold one item at a time, but the item can be any size. <laughs> as long as it can fit in the... M- mouth. Oh, as long as it can fit in the mouth of the sack, and the sack will Look not weigh... Look at the camera as you say this. Yeah. As long as it's not going to fit, <laughs> fit in the s- mouth of the sack. It's a long piece of spaghetti. And the sack. <laughs> right? Just one really this long one. piece of right. <laughs> And the sack will not weigh anything more than a normal sack would. I think that's pretty cool not to cover it over the top. I'm sorry. 
I got distracted. I'll so, help. Wait, I'll go. You, I, I, you want right. to go? Who, yeah. wants, who wants to go next? Who wants to say this next? <laughs> yes. Should there be porn music now? There might be. There might be. All right. <laughs> wow. Wow. So how big is the mouth of the sack? <laughs> Without really thinking about it, I say, I guess you could fit a horse in it. But the horse probably wouldn't <laughs> like it much. <laughs> Eric the newbie discusses the sack with the others, and over the course of several sessions, they develop their own lore around this sack. So we giggle a taint in the sack. Yeah. So how can it fit anything in a sack and be weightless? They reach a dimension that's simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, they reach a consensus that there must be a pocket dimension in the sack. And if you're going to be sho- go shoving horses in the sack, there must be air in there. I've had no particular thoughts about it, and the idea of bagging a horse is more illustrative <laughs> than literal. But sure, it could be an air-filled pocket dimension. <laughs> yes, okay. and... I, I, I really want to reread that sentence again. The idea of bagging a horse is more illustrative than literal. But, but sure! sure. <laughs> Why not? Okay. And, here, and here's where GMs get in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I haven't really thought about the physics of a bag of holding... Sure, there's sure. air. Okay, well, he's, not being, he's not being internally consistent. It can hold one thing. So it can hold a horse, or it can hold an air molecule. Well, I, oh, oh. That's science there. Science! Yeah. Uh, later, they come across a box, and when they open the lid, the never-ending... Hold on. Not that there's actually such a thing as an air molecule, an oxygen molecule, or a nitrogen molecule, or carbon dioxide molecule. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. For those of you, <laughs> for those of you listening... They're, they're seriously typing right now. Yeah. <laughs> he also just pushed his glasses up his nose for everybody who can't see him right now. I'm being more expressive and describing. I'll just, it, it smells slightly He's more stale. illustrated than literal. Yes. I showered. <laughs> not you. I meant the room in general, not you. That's me. That's the whole room. Yeah. Actually, it's not. The air conditioning's on, but I just thought it'd make it more interesting. All right. Great. Uh... They come across a box, and when they open the lid, the never-ending stream of birds issues forth. Some of the characters try to fight the birds. Most run, but Eric says, Lars puts the sack over him. Lars puts the sack over himself, but leaves his feet out. That way, the birds can't hurt him in his little pocket dimension. And then will help if. Uh, and then, with the help of the barbarian who is just soaking up all the wounds, ever they shut the lid to the box. <laughs> Near the end of this fairy tomb of horrors, they come across a fairy boar. Well, you know, the fairy yeah. boar. The fairy boar. Sure. That <coughs> thing smells stale. Makes the best pulled pork. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be so good. Yeah. It goes so well with the... Uh, Everything. Pocket. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Tastes oh. like the babies. thing is, and you have no calories from that shit. All protein gains and no calories. Right. God, You're working out, aren't you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're in training. I'm hungry all the time. You're using training. <laughs> it's all protein. Yeah. It's all protein. You're just going to bulk up. The thing is huge. Over a ton <laughs> of angry pig. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. All protein. <laughs> Eric again goes into his sack. He digs a boulder out of the wall and puts it in the sack. Uh, he then gets Derek to use his mystic's telekinesis ability. It can only be used on light items to levitate the sack over the personification of Bacon's Revenge and <laughs> drop the boulder on it. Oh, that's a that's a that's really trick. complex and good. Nice. I have no idea how you factor the damage from a boulder falling from a pocket dimension. But that's a great idea. So Hobo the Wonder Pig is dead. Hambo, Hambo, Hambo. Hambo. sorry, Hambo. And again, yet again, as dead. a GM, you've given them all this leeway, and and <laughs> Stu has had to deal with this too. It's oh like, yeah. Uh, 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 
uh, roll some stuff while I look a thing up. Yeah. <laughs> Bathroom break. That's First what you do. Bacon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric's next statement is: I put the boar in the sack. We will have all the fairy pig meat you could ever want to eat, and the rest of the party is keen on this idea to and help lever the carcass into the sack. I'm cool with that. What could go, possibly go wrong with that idea? Later on, they complete some story arcs. I give them a flying carpet so that they cut down on their dangerous travel time and get them from one part of the story to the other next in a legitimately fast way. Uh, okay, that's actually really cool. That's yeah. smart. Get them from one part of the story to the other. Yes. <laughs> um, what does the party do? Well, in an act reminiscent of I'm no mere hedge mage. They use the car- ma- the magic carpet to fly up the f- uh, above the feast hall of a lieutenant to the big bat and drop the fucking porker on him from about a hundred <laughs> meters up. <laughs> yes. Uh, dead pig crashes through the roof of the hall and explodes, sending uncooked meat, bone fragments, and wood everywhere. Once again, I have no idea how much damage this is going to do, and just assume it's like a Franco-Spanish ships at Trafalgar, and everyone is either dead or maimed, or call it a major loss to the, to the bad guys. So wait, though, if there's air in this pocket dimension, wouldn't the meat go bad as well? Yeah, yeah. It so it's super if smelly. It, if awful. it has meat, it's probably got it's probably got bacteria. Yeah, it might that? be really cold in there, though. You don't maybe know. that's you don't true. Know. Oh, is th- w- it cold crazy. enough to have freeze the fr- frozen the okay. horse? Yeah, there there was a movie, <laughs> Fire and Ice, uh, Wrecker Hour, where they were like launching dead carcasses over the thing to help. And in fact, it to was, spread it was actual tactic. Yes, right. yes, it was. Uh, it was like early germ warfare. But uh, God, what movie was that? Uh, somebody, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> no, thanks for playing. Accurate. No, they did. Yeah. Yes, with the cow, but yeah. it was, it was only recently dead. Uh, no, no it was actually alive. Pork yeah, trebuchet so alive. pun, and I can't do it. I just want you all to <clears throat> that I tried the best. Everything looks so straightforward until you add players. Then you just have to go, huh? Well, thanks. Catapork. Yeah, yeah nice. See, <laughs> so I was going to take very a, good. I was going to take a poll, but that's Ooh, okay. <coughs> well, so. thanks for persevering with this deluge of consciousness, and keep up the good work. And no hurrah. Goodbye, in Mary. And you know Maori. Wait, what? Hmm? How do you say it? Kai Maori. Well, Maori and yeah, yeah Kir- Kiraku. Good job. P.S. Uh, Jermaine Klempt has put out a TV show spinoff on what we do in the shadows. Yes. It's a police procedural comedy called yes. Wellington Paranormal. We Thank are, you, Jermaine. We are, I'm a swearwolf. We're very aware of it, yes. And we are very looking forward to it. I quoted text. Yes. So good. That was an epic email, but there was lots of, lots of, lots of good shit. that. Yeah, very lots good. Lots of meat and a lot of it pork. A lot of it. Yes. Um, lots of protein. I, By the way, we didn't appreciate Hambo. Enough. Enough. Right. That was great. And I just need everyone to know that. That's I a, yeah, that's good. I, I take total responsibility because I said it wrong. Because we talk about murder hobos so often, I like jumped yeah, right. automatically to that. But Hambo was amazing. Very good. I high, fi- that. high five for that. That's a good name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I. I laud the PS. I got it. We got it. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Okay, yeah. right. We're texting. I, I okay. laud players' creativity. I can remember once that the GM just offhandedly said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But the, um, uh, one of the one of the wizards has a spell that you can make all the bread you want. And then for some reason, this is early D anD D. We wanted to have a whole massive army thing, and I'm like, "Well, this guy can just make all the bread ever. Why don't we just launch bread at them and drown them?" <laughs> and the GM's like, oh, fuck. "Yes." <laughs> I gave you an unlimited bread spell, so. You- 
And I could just see him like, oh, God, really? And and that's just the players like latching on to the most obscure thing. So it's like, sure, why not? Yeah, there's a bag of holding. Why not? Sure, it's got air in it, right? And then it comes back to haunt you <laughs> three or four sessions later. But and that's yeah. the that's the plight of the poor GM. They make these decisions on the fly, and then the players go, "You made that decision on the fly." <laughs> no, I don't. I don't feel like they. I'm going to exploit this. Yeah. See, I don't I? get that vibe from this. I think they were just being super creative, and I think it's right. awesome that the GM like went with it and yes, and that yeah. shit. It's like absolutely, you can drop sure. a you know hambo through the roof of your right? enemies. Right? Yeah. Like it's amazing. It's so good. It, and, and it does it. At least a role playing that you never would have ever thought of. Right. You know, as a GM and such, but. It's like it the puts cat the part in the girl. place like, yes, okay, so you drop so the pig through the roof. You know, and you're thinking to yourself, Wow, God, I had this whole Who cares? Well that doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't Seven mean the, of you It doesn't mean the pig hits the king. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. It, no. it could just mean that it scares the fuck out of the king. Yeah. I like the whole fact that it would have been rotten, so it was like this, like this, like super gross, super gross right. diseased pig. Now, everywhere. do flies count? Can flies go inside the pocket dimension along with the giant? Well, pig? Those are separate entities. One entity. But why isn't time. it an air molecule? But see, no, no. Entity. See, the guy was it's able to go in. This thing, thing is an air molecule. molecule. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, what about a bacteria? There's not just one thing because he was able to go in with the rock. So it's not just a one hole. No, he wasn't in there with the rock. Oh. He was in there except his feeties. And this so is why. So they could close the raven. Okay. The raven. Okay. And then different types of boulder. Okay. I love this. I love it. so good. Ah, God, it's so good. See, even even as like listening and we're like tripping around ways to exploit this. Hell yes. Because you know you gave. Him a well, magical I, I, thing. Who was it that had the the, the portable hole? Someone told a Bruce. story. Had, yeah. They had two portable holes, and they set them up and dropped something and waited until it reached like terminal, terminal velocity, velocity, and then pull one and of them did, out. did something with it. I don't. That's remember a Bruce exactly. thing. Now yeah. you're thinking with portals. Yeah, that shit's great. I yeah. love it. This was years before portals, though. Could you put a <laughs> turducken in it? Does that count as one thing? Well, apparently, according to the fucked up logic <laughs> that that bag uses, yes. Okay. Because, <clears throat> I mean, you put do a pig it in it. Do I'm you just put saying, the, if you have a had? name for it, it's a one thing. Yeah, that's... Sh- yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, if you called it a turkey, duck, chicken, yes. then no, then no that's fit. But once you go, I am entering a turducken into the bag, the, the bag chooses to accept it <laughs> yes. because it's a sentient pocket so dimension. Ma- well, it <laughs> makes sense because, I it's mean... It's a it, crowd. So I'm just going to move the whole crowd. Yeah, <laughs> you called it one thing. Congratulations, you passed the test. Yes, the party. Yep. 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 My army. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All of this holds for me. Yeah. As long as they're holding I hands, like it. it's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> six dogs playing poker. No, no. Use the number. number yes, yeah, six dogs, and, and, and it's plural. If you dogs. said a dog poker game. But if do- that's one dogs dog holding hands game. is plural. But dogs can't hold hands; yeah. they don't have thumbs. Okay. Well, no, and I said uh, my well, army. They could, interlink, they could could interlink a little. Well, I said my army too. That's not plural. They really that's army true. is a one thing. They yeah. really distended do claws. Does that count as a thumb? Um, if you say okay. the pack, and part of my thing is, it like, would be if your thumb was on your elbow. As a GM, <laughs> as a GM, sometimes you are tempted to correct these things. Right. Sometimes in mid game, and at some point you're like. All right, so there's no air in there anymore, right? So your army walks in and they're dead. Okay, they're dead. 
cool. I have a lot of no, corpses that's to a drop. Dick move. Right? Yep. It, 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 it is and it move. isn't because at some point. No, it's 100% a dick move. But your players are going to utilize that. They're like, oh, really? That's fine. Yeah, then you gave it to them. That, that's the thing. You're, you're the yeah. GM. You control everything else about the world except what they do. Yeah. yeah. You can handle that. Yeah. Well, and, okay, so that's my that's my takeaway from this. Assuming you're not playing a hippie game. If this is, if this is, <laughs> if, you, if you made this decision and you, you live with those consequences and I love the fact that that's what he did. Oh, yeah. He, he rolled with whatever they gave him. Whatever they did with it and, and it sounds like he actually is celebrating it because... Yeah, <laughs> they they did amazing things with mm-hmm. it. When you so, can find the fun in like a super gloomy setting, right? That's great, yeah. right? And as a GM, if you screwed up, or you know, in hindsight, you're like, oh my god, why did I ever do this? Mm-hmm. Just roll it because that's what your players are going to remember. Yeah. I sat down at a table, and this isn't. Oh, I don't know. It's got to be three, no, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I was sitting down with two. Uh, a D and D and a Pathfinder player. Pathfinder had recently come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, might have been longer than it was longer than five years ago. Um, it's a while ago. Yeah, yeah. But one of the guys is a guy that works fair. Um, I could describe him to him. You'd probably know him. Kevin, uh, older guy. That guy. Long hair. <laughs> no, had a beard. No, short, short, gray, white, gray hair. Like, uh, glasses. Why don't we just continue on? With anyway, this? yeah, Kevin, you know him. I'm <laughs> sure you. know I know him Kevin looked exactly like that. There we go. And then the, a younger guy who was the Pathfinder guy, and the two of them sat down at this table, and I was sitting there with them because the, the uh, I remember this. The game was over. I remember this. And story. they're telling stories back and forth about all of the creative ways players have used D and D or Pathfinder spells mm-hmm. to come up with some creative way to do something, and they, I mean. It, it's what the game is made for, really. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you come up with something, you come up with the internal logic on how the thing works, and you put it out into the world. Yeah. And if someone ex- figures out a way to exploit that to do something, good on them. That's yeah. what the that's one of the reasons the game exists. Uh, everybody remembers creative things or interesting things that happen. Nobody remembers the game or what was happening in the game, but everybody remembers my poor sorcerer wandering down the wrong corridor. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's all they remember out of that game. Do you remember what happened after that? Do you remember what happened before that? Eight hours of combat happened after that. Yes. Yeah, and no one remembers eight hours of combat. No. But they, they remember. remember oh, they remember eight hours of combat. <laughs> we don't remember what happened. No, they, but, but you don't. You don't remember Blood by Blood. You don't remember no. what the interesting thing that... What, Hardest that fight you guys ever did. had. It was. We had a... Pu- we had a bunch of new people, and we all had new powers, and nobody knew how to use no, them. No, you it were still in fourth edition. Yeah, it was D&D fourth then. edition D and D with yes. nine players. Yes, oh, yes. Right. it was yes. legitimately eight had, hours of combat. And we, I wasn't had, kidding. we had all leveled up, which is why I wandered down because I'm all cocksure because I have new powers, but none of us knew how to use them yet. But anyway, <laughs> the point being, that's what people remember is those interesting story choices, those uh, interesting exploits. Not that that was an exploit, but that's more interesting than just the combat. As a GM, sometimes you you think, all right, we got to get them combat because this is what they want. <laughs> and if you sit back and listen to your players, they're like they're arguing and having a lot of fun. You need to sometimes say to yourself, okay, what I want or what I think they want are two different things. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell me what they want. I'm just going to sit back and let this happen. Right. All right. They're going to use this bag of holding. I'm going to have to yes and this because I gave it to them, and they are going to love you for that, and you're going to love the game at the end of this. Even though you think to yourself at every turn, holy shit, why did I give him this bag of holding? I fucked <laughs> this game. Oh, yeah. But they're going to come back out you know, years later, and you know, you guys well, are going to be like, you're going to beer 15 years later. It's like, 
you at that game with the bag of holding, and you're thinking to yourself, "Fuck, I thought that was a fuck up." And yet they love it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. All that stuff comes back, and it it makes the most interesting games. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. It doesn't seem to me. I mean, at least at the end of his email, that he thinks it was a mistake. I think he is as amused as we are by the story right now. So I think he already realizes, and the fact that he was yes anding so much to the whole story. Like says that he's like embraced this as like you have to embrace it. a crazy thing yeah. that's happened, and mm-hmm. I feel like we are even going to be telling these stories yeah. from, the, from <laughs> your email about your game yeah. to us. For Remember sure. that bag of holding with the pig? Oh, with the Hambo pig. dropping. Hambo. Hambo. It is now stuff of legend. <laughs> yep. So well done. Yep. All right. All right. I'm going to call this. Absolutely. <laughs> it's time to smoke this pork butt. Mmm, <laughs> Hambo. Hambo. Drew first pork. Thank you for joining us. Unlike Orc, which is the other group. Season 22, episode 10 <laughs> of Happy Tech Service yes. Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm still Stork. And I'm Abria. And we'll see you next Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific time at happychecks.org slash live. And you can watch the show then this Sunday. First episode of Blood Blade and Toss. Yeah! Borderlands is the actual official Borderlands. Speaking of Orc, the other green meat. That's it right. So thank you very much. We'll leave the song. It won't be as recorded. I don't have it on my card. Aww. Sorry. Next time, go look for it. It's great. I'll find it. The French are still mad. Back to dragons. Hero has find the major savage lands. Join these heroes and drink the toast to each of them and their heroic deeds. I'm and see 
Make. 